Welcome back to Headline News with Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It's Friday, December 15th, which means we're going to bring you this week's top stories, including, but not limited to, more Vivek Ramaswamy clips. Clips, clips, clips. It's hard. That's you know, hard to name to say. You know why? Why? Because we like to utilize our brighty on free speech and talk about <laughs> a date that we normally have to do numerology with. I like that. Brighty on free speech. That's really good. Yeah. So January 6th is an inside job, and Vivek Ramaswamy is the only political candidate that I've seen really talk about it, except for Clay Higgins. Mm-hmm. And Laura Logan has uh, been releasing um, little documentary snippets over the past uh, month or two, and she's got a, a bombshell one with Representative Clay Higgins. We're going to play a So we get bit to bring too. that? Yeah. All right. We've got that. And it looks like Zelensky asking Congress for more money. Yes, he is. Always with the money with that guy. Money and perversion. Ooh. Oh, yep. That's an intrigue. Yep. We got that and so much more coming up right after these messages. We're so glad you're here. Don't go anywhere. Okay, so Leah, we're not endorsing Vivek Ramaswamy, despite what it looks like when we're playing all the clips. Not going to vote for this guy for president. Why would somebody think that if we're playing some clips that it looks like what I'm saying is, I just want to make sure that we're setting the proper foundation. But I sure do love the sound bites. I love the sound bites, and he is going toe to toe with CNN. He took on Dana Bash, or whatever her last name is, uh, last week. He took on this other CNN chick this week, and he's good at it, and yeah. he needs to because he is introducing a whole another audience, a CNN audience, okay? This, these are they keep playing on him on CNN. CNN, okay? To, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Santa Claus talking about January 6th. <laughs> it's the information it's that awesome. is important. It's and, so great. And... and you know, they tried to corner him on the statement inside job. Mm. And the way he explained it is entrapment. Yes, there were definitely federal uh, agent prov- provocateurs. Yes. And there were informants. Now, uh, this particular CNN uh, interviewer presses him on, you don't have proof that they were actual FBI agents, do you? And he said, well, we have proof that they were federal informants. Okay. And we have a clip from Representative Clay Higgins that uh, is he's pretty sure that they were actual FBI agents. And no, we don't. You know why? Because they're not letting us know. But we can if it smells like a duck and it walks like a duck, and then it is an FBI agent. I love that. Yes. Okay, let's roll this, uh, this soundbite here. So let me ask you about something that you said at the debate last week. You used the phrase inside job to describe what happened on January 6th. The next day... Capitol rioter Alan Hosteller uh, highlighted your comments at his sentencing. He is going to prison for 11 years. Hosteller uh, threatened members of Congress. He brought a hatchet, knives, pepper spray, stun batons, tactical gear to the U.S. Capitol. Are you concerned that a convicted felon like that is now promoting your comments in court? So here's my concern, Abby. And I want to tell you guys where I'm at. If you had told me it's close to three years ago that January 6, 2021 happened. If you had told me three years ago, back when I was a biotech CEO, not steeped in this world, I was just consuming passive media, but was focused on my world of developing medicines. If you had told me that January 6 was in any way an inside job, the subject of government entrapment, I would have told you that was crazy talk. Fringe conspiracy theory nonsense. I can tell you now, having gone somewhat deep in this, it's not. I mean, the reality is this. We do have a government, first of all, we have to acknowledge that has lied to us systematically over the last several years about the origin of COVID-19, about the Hunter Biden laptop that we were told was false, 
by 51 CIA experts and otherwise before we now know that it was true. You can go straight down the list, the Trump-Russia disinformation collusion hoax, all of it. Now we come to January 6th. The reality is we know that there were federal law enforcement agents in that field. We don't know how many. I think it's Mr. a shame. If, if I may finish this answer. Well, let me just, is, this is really I, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you here because, because I know this, that there the establishment were, doesn't approve of this message. I know that there this, were federal we agents. Be able to talk about this. You're saying that there were federal this is, agents. This is important to talk about. This, you this are saying there were federal agents in the pad on, on, yes. on January 6th. Yep. There is no evidence that there were federal agents in the crowd on January so, 6th. So why, before Congress, when pressed on what the number was, they didn't say there were none. They just couldn't so say there how many you're there saying were. that there's no, that you have not seen evi any evidence so that we've there seen were, multiple, and so we've seen multiple informants suggesting that there were. We know people were, we know people were FBI informants who were asking. Is there any evidence? May I just finish this and Well, let me clarify. I know this is very uncomfortable for you. I'm going to clarify my question. I know question this is an uncomfortable issue for many people, but you, we have to do the truth here. I'm going to clarify my question because I want to make sure that you understand what I'm asking. I understand this. And I told you, I was where with you three years the, ago. I'm where not there is now. the evidence? Yes. Where is the evidence that the government had a plot, so an inside I, job? But no, no, I'm not an inside job because I'm not going to. I'm not violence on January 6th. Where I'm not going to let you put words in my that? mouth. I'm going to put my words in my mouth, and I'm going to tell you what what where I mean by that. Where is the evidence that the government was involved Entrapment. in planning or executing okay. January 6th? Where so I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you hard facts, and, and if I may, Abby, I know this is going to be a little uncomfortable. But we're gonna we're, we're gonna go through this, and you can and you can you can push Just back on it. For after the evidence, that. and you can push back on that. And let's do this fairly. Why did they suppress footage of now what's been released? Two hundred hours of footage of shooting rubber bullets into that crowd, shooting tear gas into that crowd. You didn't see that before. You saw what the response was to that. Uh, now you see footage Ms. coming out of actually rolling out the red carpet for Capitol Mr. Police allowing people in again right through the front the vast door. majority I mean, of that the footage video evidence should have been released shows, before Abby. Mr. Ramaswamy, the vast majority have been of the before. footage shows and my deeper police question officers is this. being overrun and, and I want to talk about one more by case. violent really rioters. That's yeah, I'm going to hard, I'm gonna give you some hard facts. Of it shows. So what, here's what entrapment you can't is. Cherry no, no. Pick. I'm not cherry picking. You if I may finish, Abby. If I may finish, Abby. I'm not cherry picking. Examples. To the contrary. To the you country, you know who cherry picked examples. You know who cherry picked the government. That, that is what happened. The government cherry picked 12 hours of footage when there was 200 hours of footage. The cherry picking was the government, not me. Release so, the whole thing. And let me let me just finish one thing too, because this is super important as a topic. So when you, I when, think this is a civil libertarian issue of our time. When we Gretchen talking, Whitmer's kidnapping. I want to keep. It, I want to be really clear on this, because it's the same issue in the same FBI, same even part of the FBI. Three people who were in an alleged plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer were acquitted at the end of trial. Because it was entrapment. That is, government agents put them up to do something they otherwise wouldn't have done. They gave them credit cards with spending limits of up to $5,000, encouraged them to buy munitions, plan something they weren't otherwise willing to plan. So much so, and I want people at home to know this, especially CNN viewers to know this, is that one of the jurors went to those defendants and apologized afterwards, gave him a hug, apologized, seeing what the government had put a poor guy up to who had to go to some Mexican restaurant across the street to get hot water. These people were exploited with credit cards up to $5,000, FBI agents, putting them up to a kidnapping plot that we were told was true but was entrapment. 14, Same thing with the Capitol Police, people Mr. letting them Ramaswamy, in freely. Many of those people Mr. then Mr. being Ramaswamy, charged. Ramaswamy, look, the government cannot I, put you up I to do something and then Mr. charge you Ramaswamy, for it. Look, That's wrong. I don't want to have to. Wrong to, to the left I don't, right, I don't, don't want to I don't wanna have to interrupt you. I really don't. But I don't want you to mislead the audience here or I'm at not. home. I'm not. I think they've been misled 14, by mainstream media. 14. Oh my gosh! Wow, that was quite the exchange. He held he held his ground the entire time. 
I was really impressed. I'm very proud of him. I'm, you know, because he knows and he's got the facts. Now, I, some January Sixers are saying there's more information. You should go deeper. Uh, you didn't hit this. You didn't hit that. Um, he's doing a good job. I recognize that this is one of those hot button issues where those who are in solitary confinement are asking, well, where's the help for me? Mm. Where Where is anybody going to come to my aid? And I yeah. think when you start to hammer the entrapment case and keep using that rather than inside job. Uh, inside job is definitely the case. When they say 9-11 is an inside job, what it does is it puts you on the conspiracy theory watch list rather than on the truther list. Yeah. When you use the word entrapment, uh, the left goes silent. Exactly. They don't have words to say. I don't say. even think they know what it is. They, they, well, no, they know what entrapment is. They don't have anything to say back to that because they know it's entrapment. Yeah. That's why I say they go silent because they know it's entrapment because if you were provoking somebody, if Donald Trump had put FBI agents inside the BLM crowds to encourage them to break windows and to steal things, we would not hear the end of it. Every single rioter would go free, which yeah. they already are going free. They're saying that uh, everybody had a reason and a right to to break you know, into buildings and they brought up th crazy things like um, reparations for Nike shoes and, you know, wherever they, wherever else they were, I mean, the dollar stores were being looted, which is embarrassment, you know. So if, if the, Michelle, what do you think it would look like if Donald Trump had ordered people to provoke BLM to, let's say, storm the White House. Well, I, don't think, I think the premise is a little bit wrong, but I'll still answer the question. Donald, first of all, a president is not going to openly do that, okay, whether it's Donald Trump or anybody else. They're going to do it covertly. They're going to do it behind the scenes. Okay, what okay? if the government, the, what if the, the FBI, Donald Trump's FBI, yeah. if Donald Trump's FBI I, yeah, had I done that, FBI okay, Donald Trump. then we would, it would be on the news cycling over and over and over again. However, in this specific instance that you're talking about with the BLM riots, it's, it's interesting because they actually wanted the riots. Mm -hmm. They wanted the riots. And they did instigate the riots. And they did actually have provocateurs the in there. So when you say did, if, if Donald Trump's FBI did this, I'm kind of going, well, yeah, but they did. It Ooh. just wasn't Donald Trump. It was the FBI underneath the Donald Trump doing things that Donald Trump did not, did not approve of. So your question is actually kind of inverted. It did happen. It's just they're, they don't want to let you know that they actually did it. No, that's really true. Uh, in this clip next that I, I've compiled, I compiled a few uh, different clips in, in this next section uh, for you. Uh, Laura Logan's interview with uh, Clay Higgins is great, and you should watch the whole thing. And there's a couple snippets here. Uh, we're also going to talk about a woman named Megan Paradise, who is known as the female Ray Epps. Oh, wow. And she is seen provoking the crowd the same way Ray Epps provoke the crowd, but she has not been arrested. She is number nine on the FBI's wanted list, but supposedly they can't seem to find her. They have her face. Wow. You can see exactly who she is. She's in multiple videos. She uh, was in, I believe, Nancy Pelosi's room. She stole a baseball from the Capitol, and she's not been arrested. Conveniently. Conveniently not been arrested. And uh, it's very interesting because Clay Higgins, he says that they have proof of a bus. 
and a bus with the FBI informants, and we've got them. Wow. Okay, this sounds interesting. Let's take a listen. The two buses, and they had, like, some kind of discussion, a briefing, like the way the military leader would address his troops. Yeah, they call it a huddle. And then they together went to the escalators and up in the Union Station and were gone. And they were all men. They were all men in all the Trump regalia. These were men were in really good shape. It made comments like, wow, that's, that's a real serious Trump supporters, these guys. And, and it said they all had uh, elbow pads and knee pads. And um, they, they appeared like they had common equipment, but they were not in uniform. But they, they behaved in a uniform manner. And we intend to get all of that video evidence from Union Station, uh, from the escalators, from the parking lot. We have other eyewitnesses. Much to the chagrin of everybody that was in those buses and everyone who commanded them to be there, we've identified one of those buses. And you know what that means? That means that's the a female operative. She's got a mega phone and she's you know, telling people on the way, walking over to the cab, we're going inside, we're going inside. He's talking about this woman, Megan Paradise, number nine on the FBI wanted list and seen here holding a baseball she reportedly stole from Nancy Pelosi's office inside the Capitol. Hoft has dubbed her the female Ray Epps because like Epps, she went too far for others in the crowd who immediately pushed back. Yet she's never been locked up. This thing is not going to just slip away. They're not going to take us without a fight. I'm going to fight legally and peacefully and within the parameters of the Constitution that I've sworn to serve. But they're going down. These, these men and their high perch and their, their position of power and authority and are walking upon our entire history, our deepest core principles. They're not going to get away with it. They have so far. We'll see. That's pretty tough. It sounds like a Western. We'll see. We'll I mean, those see. are the deepest, you know, I mean, that kind of sounds a little threatening. We'll see. They've got a bus. Okay, agent provocateurs, all they need to do is release the footage. Now, Rumble, there is a channel on Rumble that the uh, the House Republicans are releasing uh, this footage 
uh, little by little. It actually caused Rumble last weekend to uh, have a huge cyber attack. Wow. And people weren't able to post or watch videos online. There is a reason why the, 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 the powers that be need this narrative. And we are all learning to combat their lies with truth. Yes. Was the election stolen in 2020? Yes. Now, we have those uh, like Vivek Ramaswamy who are saying it was stolen by big tech. Uh, you have Ron DeSantis out there, as bitter as all get out, who Donald Trump keeps hammering and he can't just even, can't roll with it. So he's he's making fun of Trump. And as he's doing that, he's making fun of Trump supporters who voted in Trump. Uh, Ron DeSantis knows that the election was stolen in 2020. And he's got to be able to walk that fine line. And the only person that's walking that fine line is Vivek Ramaswamy. You have Nikki Haley, who uh, Trump pulled in with Mike Pompeo and the Mike Pence crowd. All of these neocons, all of these insiders, all these political hit job guys in there. You should have never brought in, he should have never brought in Mike Pompeo. I'm telling you, uh, the CIA guys, whether it's uh, Mike Pompeo or whether it's the Attorney General Bill Barr, these, you know, happy, tubby, uh, go lucky guys with the smiles on their faces and they just seem so nice and they just, they seem like they're on Trump's side, but they are not on Trump's side. They're not on your side. They're not on my side. They are on the side of the deep state entrenched uh, bureaucracy. And when we talk about the fact that two parties can't get anything done, it's all a uniparty, we need to take a step back and see that this is not about politics. Yeah. If we could vote people in like you can at the local level in some ways, then it's about politics. But we are we have two two parties right now. And if you can see, there's a teeny tiny party of Republicans and Democrats, and they're allowed to play badminton with taxes. Hmm. But they're not allowed. When was the last time you saw Congress actually vote on a bill that makes a difference in the world? That's a good That question. would make a, a literal difference in your life. Right. Not at all. They can't because there is a much larger metastasized cancer. And these are these unelected bureaucrats. Now, you have to understand something. This is statewide as well as federal. You have the Department of Health. Did you vote in anybody at the Department of Health? No, but they make rules and regulations for your business. And if you do not follow those, they can fine you. And if you really don't follow those, then they can jail you. Oh, that's called yeah. that's called unelected bureaucracy. Do you understand that's that you really are called supposed tyranny? Everything that affects you, everything that tells you what you can and cannot do in life, period, whether you're an individual or whether you're a business, that person must be elected. Yeah. Okay? We have rules and regulations without representation, without electing people. We all say this. We did not elect Anthony Fauci. Mm. These bureaucrats are entrenched. They do. They stay there. They don't have to fight for their jobs. They don't have to raise money or anything. The people in Congress, those House seats, they're only two years. They're constant. They're never safe. They're constantly raising money, of course, unless the party says you're safe, you're safe. And they will raise the money for you and they'll make sure that you, and you're going to have to be their yes man and do whatever they say. 
Okay, you're basically a slave. That's why Thomas Massey is a little bit different. He's not a slave to anybody. He doesn't take the, the, the money, and, and, and Matt Gates, from what I understand, doesn't either, right, for big pack money. But other than that, if you want a Senate seat, you've got to kiss some 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 feet. You've got to kiss the bottom of some people's shoes to make that happen. It's absolutely humiliating. And when it comes to January 6th, that was keeping Donald Trump from another four years was all that they could think about. And they set themselves up for failure because they needed to, they needed an insurrection. Okay, I truly believe that all the riots, the BLM riots, was a satanic push to get people angry and think about protesting all the time. Okay, so you're in a lockdown. You want people to protest. You want to protest. You're going to protest, right? Um, and so um, you've got that summer of, of protesting. And then what the desire is, is so that they can begin to frame us. That's what they did in Charlottesville. It worked really well. They, I don't know how they got, you know, 100 guys with slicked hair and white T-shirts and little tiki torches to pretend that they were white supremacists and the KKK is rising or whatever. But they did it and it, they did it well because they needed a, what about Charlottesville? I hear that all the time still. What about Charlottesville? What about those? I'm like, well, where are they? Where have they gone? These white supremacists that, you know, and so with that, with this deep state January 6th narrative, it's um, it's coming unraveled. But what we have to say is January 6th was not an insurrection. It was an inside job. Stop calling it, it an insurrection. If we had intended to do an insurrection, the whole world would really I actually had a feel clip. it. They would be feeling it. I had a clip and it didn't play. It did, I wasn't able to uh, upload it, but it's of about 100 guys behind guns and they're just shoo -shoo shooting I'm at a bunch of targets. I'm actually really excited about if we this. Want, this is what this would look like. Is what, no, that's no, what this is really said. great because what January 6th, if that's the insurrection, there's no reason for you to take our guns. Oh, yeah. Because if we have all the guns and you're always telling us that we're going to do something really bad with them and the one time we get premeditative and we're going to go and do a thing and, and overthrow the government and we don't do it with the guns that you're telling us that we shouldn't have. What are you about? What are you worried about? What are you really worried about? Well, you know what I'm not worried about? Great products that are tested. I'm not worried about anything come from China from the Brighteon store. I love the Brighteon store so much. The the neem toothpaste. Mm. Tooth 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 salt. Tooth salt. Tooth salt. Tooth salt. Go and check that out. I think we're doing our teeth. We all got wrong. a holiday sale. We have a holiday sale. Go. It's going for two days and six hours. Come on, guys. Get it. Get it together. Up to forty six percent off. The sale ends December seventeenth at you midnight. You got two days. Six hours Hang on. and 30 minutes. Free colloidal uh, silver extra strength spray Ooh. with orders over $149. Free shipping on all orders, $99. Oh, so order now. If you want to get your stuff by Christmas, you need to order now. Go, go there. Brighteonstore.com. Use promo code CHICKS. And you'll be supporting all this amazing free speech. Can't get enough of it. we got more coming up right after these messages. Don't go anywhere unless you're going to go to Brighteonstore.com. Okay, Leah, so now that we've gone down the January 6th rabbit hole, which is always a fun place to be. Mm -hmm. It is always a fun place to be, but I'm telling you where there's not a fun place to be, and we covered this last week. So this issue of surrogacy is coming to the forefront because gay men mm. are renting female wombs. Unbelievable. Implanting an egg that they have chosen and bought. These are usually very wealthy men who have gotten wealthy, you know, through business or podcasting or something crazy like that. Famous guys. 
Um, and they are choosing from a catalog of women. It makes me sick to think about the kind of they're hoping to get a child that looks like this woman. We don't I don't know where the the man's part comes from. I, I can't imagine a lot of them choose their own because they're not very masculine. They're or beta males, not very attractive people themselves. Um, and so they're looking like we played the clip where the two gay guys were looking for this Brazilian model with like, you know, went to uh, an elite school or something like that and wanted a hot, sexy baby. Okay. So what happens in the gay community, and I can say this on Brady on TV because you could say this, is that there's so much perversion that when they say it out loud to the rest of us, we recoil. Yes. It's not funny, but in their community, they make all, they, they work on making the crudest jokes possible. I have been around gay men. They are, every single gay man that I've been around, as kind as some have been, cannot hold themselves back from sex jokes. Oh yeah, it's 100%. And it's a constant barrage of sexual encounters that you're not bringing it up. You don't necessarily want it to be part of a conversation. You know what I've also been blown away by is the amount of hooking up and um, like it's, it's literal. They will go to places mm -hmm. when they travel around the world because we've known uh, homosexual men from around the world. Mm -hmm. And when they travel to America, they will find... These kind of gay meetup places it's not, yeah, to so, have sexual encounters with men, with complete strangers, yeah. multiple partners. This is regular. Mm -hmm. This idea of a monogamous, uh, we like just, just, I just want to love who you love. Who just, the yeah. homosexual lifestyle is worse than any heterosexual hookup lifestyle that if, you can imagine. If we had talked about it, if we talk about it as a straight guy who would just randomly just always go and find prostitutes, you would think that he's like the scum I, of the earth. You would, but when it comes to gay guys, they they say, "Well, that's just them." Right. Okay. So I have this clip here. I didn't know who this YouTuber was, was and at the end I have a, a little screenshot of this man named uh, Sean uh, Dawson, Shane Shane Dawson, who ha has 19 million followers on YouTube. Oh, wow. And his boyfriend, whatever, ha still has millions of followers and every, okay. and it's, it's one of, he's one of the biggest YouTubers. Now, okay. mind you, what really irks me about this is I do not have one because I, and you and I are dangerous, right? You and I violate their terms of service. Exactly. But this man made videos and I actually had to cut out. This is Robbie uh, Starbuck is doing a little expose on this guy. I looked him up. I looked up the different things that he said about pedophilia. Mm. Uh, mind you, they have twins now. They have these twins. And this is why I'm showing this video. Because gay men, I believe, gay men are getting children to molest them. 100%. And I am terrified for them. And so I've been praying for them. And I've been praying for Dave Rubin's children. Uh, I do believe Dave Rubin uh, is a little bit more respectable. I do believe there are gay people who can keep their um, their things to themselves. I don't believe that all gay men are going to be child molesters. I don't believe that that's a fact. But I believe that if they are predisposed to that direction, that there is a and is a there's a high chance of like they made us be vaccinated for a high chance of getting COVID. Okay, uh, there's a high chance of of a sexual craziness that's going to happen inside of a gay home. Right. Okay. Just because most gay men 
I'm not going to say all, but a majority of gay men, when you talk about the gay lifestyle, is a hookup lifestyle, going and, and with strangers and, and very dangerous. It, it begs to be said that a, a majority of homosexuals were molested as children. So when you were molested as a child, that also increases your percentages. So there's a lot of things at play here. So that, that doesn't mean that if you were molested, you're going to become a child molester because a lot of people were molested. But if you were molested as a child and then you become a homosexual, you now have the perfect storm for right so these guys this guy's videos this the snippets uh things that he said and done were on youtube wow and he apologized for them but he's still on youtube making millions of dollars on youtube so you've curated this video uh robbie starbuck did i actually took the end off where he describes um he he, he did uh do things to a cat Oh, dear God. I know. And he admitted it on, on YouTube, and it's very graphic, but I cut that off. Uh, but this Thank other you. part, uh, it, it, he is, it, is, it is a little bit disturbing what he says about children. Okay. Um, let's play this. Introduce you all to Shane Dawson, a YouTuber known for all types of weird stuff, and his partner, Ryland Adams. Those right there are two babies that presumably they were able to get through surrogacy. Now let me tell you the problem with this. Shane over here has made horrific comments about pedophilia and a young girl being attractive or sexy. Does anybody feel okay knowing that Two children will now be in the care of a man who made the following comments you're about to hear. In the video you're about to hear of Shane, he's going to make a justification for pedophilia, sexualize a young girl, and Shane has sadly also admitted that he was himself a victim of molestation. Oh, I'm a cheerleader and I'm like, oh, really? And she shows me her Instagrams, which are like, first of all, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but like, she's like sexy. She's like sexy. You're disgusting. I know. Listen, we've talked about pedophilia before. No, no, this before. is the, Shane. Like, <laughs> like, do not say this, and do, like, I don't even want to talk about it. Like, you will get arrested. Like, he kind of can. Listen, he, he allegedly, has justification, justification for pedophilia, okay. and it's so disturbing. And like, I, I just pretend that he doesn't. <laughs> okay, but no, like, no. Let me explain. Let no. me explain. Oh god. Here's my justification for pedophilia. I can't. Here's my thing. People have foot fetishes. People have fetishes about, you know, everything. Fine, everybody do your thing. So why is it when somebody looks at a Google's like naked baby on Google and jerks off to it, they can get arrested? Because, I don't understand because that. Here's so the worst part of it. I actually went to Google and I'm like, I oh God. want to see. You can even arrest it. I know, but I just wanted to see like, okay, let me just pretend, yeah. let me pretend like I'm a pedophile for a sec. So I typed in naked baby. First of all, they were sexy. <laughs> okay, back to the Instagram. Um, so I look at this little girl's pictures and she had makeup on, she had her tongue out, she was doing like the peace sign, she was doing a backflip. Is she like honey boo boo? Is she fat? No, she was like a skinny little... Shane also admitted to sexually assaulting his cat. And no, I am not joking. Does anybody feel okay with the fact that this man right here is able to take those babies home and has now taken them home? If you have a problem with these guys taking those babies home after Shane made those comments previously, then tag the governor of Colorado, Jared Polis. He is a Democrat, but I'm hoping he will listen to common sense and at least investigate the situation because I don't feel comfortable with babies in the hands of anybody who would make comments like that. Nobody who made comments like that should have a baby in their care, in my opinion. 
what this does um, is it makes me really angry about the misuse of child protective services. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You don't get your child vaccinated according to the schedule. You don't get them their vitamin K shot or whatever it is. You disobey the vaccine schedule. Boom, we swoop in and we take your kids away and you never see them again. And you get taken through 18 years of hell to try to get them back. And yet this pervert can make those kinds of comments about babies and then adopt one. Why is child protective? Why did not child protective services show up at the hospital and say, I'm sorry, you don't get to take this baby home? Um, so I am going to be praying for, and I do suggest that when you see things in situations like that, you take it to the spirit realm. Yeah. And so I've been praying that, uh, they are exposed. Amen. I've been praying that the children will be safely uh, given back to their mother, whoever their mother really is, mm -hmm. and that they would be healthy and sound minded and come to know Jesus in a powerful way. And we have to start combating these things, um, in the spirit realm, because if we don't, what we're what it's going to lead us to is looking away and yeah. and and there were some other disturbing things that I found this week. There is a um, there is a teacher who was sworn in on a stack of child um, of of books that were banned from the library because they had pornography in it. We talked about this with Alfred Kinsey how um, what they've done in every in, in states have they have a a pornography and obscenity exemption if it's for children and education. for education and so there's a book called gender queer and this man swore he swore himself in on the stack of these these uh books uh with child pornography in them and this is where we have to start asking for god to strike people with lightning because these people are incredibly dangerous. Strike them dead, Lord. I and am ready. We need to have God expose this darkness in a very powerful and tangible way. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make a pivot here. Uh, there's a speaking of harming people. I believe that being able to breathe is a is a God given right. I love air. Like I love it. I do. It's my favorite part of my life. I like to breathe air. If I had to do one thankful list during Thanksgiving, yeah, air would be at the top of it. That's I'm true. just gonna go uh, with air. Oh, too. Give give me some of that air too. Love yes. to breathe. Yes, water right. would be next. I live to breathe. I breathe to live. I yes. So we've got a Norwegian study here. Ebuck Times is doing a report on a Norwegian study that shows that masks actually cause more sickness. Let's see this. According to a new study, which came out of Norway people who wore face masks were actually found to be more likely to contract COVID versus people who did not wear face masks. Specifically, this peer-reviewed study right here, it was published in the pages of a journal called Epidemiology and Infection. And in this study, these Norwegian researchers were analyzing the mask usage of a little over 3,200 people in their country. And once an individual signed up for the study, they were followed for a period of about 17 days, and then subsequently they were asked about their personal usage of masks. And what these researchers found was that there was a higher incidence of being tested positive for COVID among the people who wore masks more frequently. In fact, according to the data, among the people who never or almost never wore masks, 8.6% of them tested positive for COVID. Among people who sometimes use masks, that number rose to 15%. And then among the people who either almost always or always wore masks, 15.1% of them tested positive for COVID. Now, when these researchers went back, 
crunched the numbers and adjusted the data based on several different factors, such as vaccination status, sex, gender, and so on, they found that, quote, individuals who sometimes or often wore masks had a 33% higher incidence of COVID-19 compared to those who never or almost never wore masks. This jumped up to 40% among people who almost always or always wore them, which is a wild finding. People who almost always or always wore masks were 40% more likely to catch COVID versus people who never wore masks at all. Although the researchers then went on to write that when they adjusted again for something that they call baseline risk over time, the number shrinked further. Quote, using second degree fractional polynomials, we fitted a model where we let time of inclusion in the study be non-linearly associated with the risk of infection, thereby modeling any differences in background risk linked to the population prevalence of infection when the participant entered the trial. With this approach, the risk of self-reported COVID-19 infection when wearing a face mask was more moderate, 1.03 times higher in those wearing face masks often or sometimes, and 1.04 times higher in those wearing face masks almost always or always than in participants having worn face masks never or almost never. Meaning in plain English that when you incorporate the background societal risk of COVID at the time when each participant entered the trial, well, the chance of a mask wearing individual catching COVID shrinks to about 4%. Regardless though, whether the risk of catching COVID was 40% higher or just 4% higher, the end result is the same. These researchers, they found that the more a person wore a mask, the more likely they were to catch COVID, which obviously goes against many of the studies which were popularized by the mainstream legacy news outlets over the past one, two, or three years. Common sense is not so common anymore. Anymore! The idea that a chain link fence can stop a mosquito is ridiculous. And I think that if you had, if, if we had been allowed to present that truth to the public without being I censored would on like social to media, have presented that truth. You know, I don't know. The brainwashing is so strong with people. You can tell them, and they would still think to themselves, yeah, but the chain links on the fencing, if, if, if there were enough mosquitoes, would stop at least some. Yeah. Yeah, you guys remember the former attorney general uh, or the former uh, health health guy that Trump had? His name is Jeremy or Jerome or something like that. I have no idea who you're talking about. The black guy. That's Who's, down in Florida? No, no. The one that Trump had that made us mask up. Um, the first guy, the first black guy. He's, I, I'm not even picturing him. Which you're is not even picturing him. He's the Jeez. guy that actually I thought he Get was Get out guy. the wet noodle. Yeah, well, he, he actually tweeted out today. Okay that he was so grateful to be double masked up at the at, at, oh i remember that guy yes i know exactly who you're talking about yeah oh, i forget man. his name you guys could tell me in the comment section but uh i just saw him tweet out and i, I he was glad to be double masked see that then you have the chain link fence well like because doubling. somebody he was at the doctor's see how that works so you just need to like triple quadruple your face mask he was at the doctor. And then not a single mosquito is getting in because you know they can't find their way through worming through getting into your underwear line or someplace it shouldn't be. It's just like COVID. Sneaking in there. It's If it's not watertight, it's going to leak. And there is no way to be watertight. What I would say about the mask is what happens is you are breathing in the infected air and it's getting trapped behind the mask. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just breathing it in. 
Okay, so here's you've got he he tweeted out that there was a lady that was doing some uh, like a nurse around him and she had the sniffles. Okay, and he said, "Does she have COVID? I don't know, but it doesn't matter." And I'm so glad to be double masked, and he was the one that wanted everybody to be masked all over the country. Right. And yeah, actually, craziness. Craziness, and that was where I drew the line. I was like, I'm not wearing your stupid mask. But you know what? I don't mind those. I don't mind the mask wearing people because part of me, and I shouldn't say this live on air, and I'm really just joking, 95% joking. Mm. But it's kind of like you're wearing the mask. You're the type that would wear the mask. What happens to you comes to you. However, I really do feel I want. To, I want them to. I want them to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ and get Jerome saved. That's Adams. what I want. Jerome Adams is his name. And he he was he he's tell telling the people that you need to to be masking up to be masking up yes let us all mask off Ma mask mask off he said I had an echocardiogram this morning I was masked as was the echo tech she had the sniffles was clearing her throat throat put it twice I don't know why several points she ideally should have stayed home from work but in the real world that's not always a choice for people this further underscores the need for masking in healthcare settings when respiratory diseases are circulating which is when like every, in summer and always yes i was all the more appreciative for the double masking in close quarters it isn't just the vulnerable protecting themselves it takes two to do to do it right did she have covid it actually doesn't matter Regardless, it was likely some sort of virus that I especially don't want to get before Christmas. And remember, I was there for an echocardiogram. These, the, the consequences of an infection transmitted in a healthcare setting are much higher. This isn't just about protecting me. I could have been asymptomatic and transmitted something to her. And or it just, oh, madness. Whether you believe it's crazy. It's just double mask over your face. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You know, I've got a clip here where liberals are discovering something. It's called marriage. I love that they're finding out marriage is good. Yeah. All right, let's listen to this. You describe raising your hand in the middle of this conference and asking what seems to me to be a very simple, simple and commonsensical question. How should we think about the role of marriage, family, and home environment in all of this? And what you describe is that everyone in the room kind of went quiet and people started shifting in their seats. And as you relay in your new book, later that night, a fellow economist approached you a little bit defensively and grilled you about why marriage should even be a factor cons to consider in a conversation about economic inequality. If kids are being taken care of, he asked, what does it matter if parents are married? And you said at that moment that you knew you had hit on something important. I think that whole episode for me just made it very, very clear that this is a topic of tremendous importance, the topic being marriage and family structure and kids' home environment. It's tremendously important to the conversation around economic opportunities, inequality, social mobility, and it's not something that gets the attention it deserves in public. I just can't even with these people. If you have two parents that stay married, it's like, hey, let's enter into a business agreement with zero contracts. I This is my favorite part. I think it's better for kids economically. Oh, my God. We're seeing the numbers Who come out. Knew? The numbers haven't been there for 2,000 years, but now the numbers are coming out. It's amazing these people can even make themselves a sandwich. And you know who, who wants you to make them a sandwich? Zelensky. Make me the sandwich. So this is actually a satirical video, but he was, he did meet Congress and he, he did ask for another Please, more money. Give me $106 billion. Uh, I want you guys to see this. Thank you. Thank you. As I told General Austin, 
I have come here for a re-up of cash. I brought the Coke. I brought the hookers. I brought the kickbacks. Now, where is my money? I need it to buy another yacht. I mean, uh, fund the war to fight against democracy. Delete the yacht part. I have dirt on all Washington politicians, and I will release unless I get my money. Do you want your sons and daughters sent to the war? <laughs> I love that so much. For just reminder, that was satire, but not. It's, it's really not. That's exactly. And the hookers, the whole nine yards, except for his would be homosexual hookers, but still. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Just oh, saying. Oh my gosh. Okay. So here's the deal, guys. We have had quite the week. Um, two weeks or, or two Wednesdays, Wednesdays ago, we had Pastor Devonese and Greg Apostle Greg Davis on Revelation Red Pill. That's episode 38. You have to watch. It's one of the best episodes that we've done this past week. We go into, hey, how do you talk to your family members who believe that literally it's the end of all things? Okay. And so that was really fun. Patriot Gallery, our moms have been putting out a lot of blogs. So there's a lot that you can find on resistancechicks.com. And as always, stay tuned because on our Friday and Sunday show this week, we are still giving away Founders Bibles. So if you show up live or you show up live on Sunday, we're going to give away two more Founders Bibles and you can register for that this weekend. Go to resistancechicks.com, sign up for the emails. And as always, we hope that you have a wonderful and very blessed Christmas season. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. The preceding show was sponsored by Welcome back to Headline News with Resistance Chicks. We're your host, Slam Michelle. It's Friday, December 15th. And what is happening at the White House? So I was What like, is even this? Okay, so I was on Twitter and I don't know, on the for me, I guess, you know, they decided maybe they paid some money to put it in my feed. This and I didn't click on it. This is Jill Biden. It's oh got a we got a show for you. We got a show and for you. I watched it and I was like, it's just, first of all, my thoughts were, it's just not good. Mm. It's not White House level. It's like everything that they do there is so subpar. It's like so fifth grade. It's so immature. It's There's nothing beautiful, nothing gracious. Like if they had done it, like, you know, Hollywood and, and Oprah and, and they put on some pageantry yeah you know what i mean like sometimes you get pulled in you know even beyonce could probably put something together that wasn't you know hundred million percent and so awful and so degrading to to my eyes do you want to do you want to just show them the whole i thing do want right to now? show them and then i want to talk about it that this this particular dance company is exactly who you would expect them to be they are a woke anti-police dance company out of new york who, what, this is what happens when you have diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is what happened with Harvard uh, hiring uh, their DEI director, who Gray, Gay, her name is Gay, Claudine Gay, who actually has now found out that she plagiarized um, other authors for five of her uh, works, okay? okay, the Harvard president that we played last week. Yeah. This is what happens when you when you hire based on color or based on this diversity, equity, inclusion. You're going to end up with something that's just not good. You just have to choose the best. Yeah. And this is not nearly the best. It's the awfulest. They literally went for the the grossest. They went for the the least talented people who are just if 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 someone were to choose 
If Donald Trump, I, they're were, not the least talented. It's mildly, as far as a professional dance company for goes, the White House. Yes, as as far as a, per, I mean, the Rockets, they do things. This is nothing. It just wasn't good, and I know it's jazzy, but I don't even. my nation <laughs> now play the now play the play the this one no okay. play the the um i don't have those for whatever reason i don't know that all, all okay it's on my zero up. hedge okay it's a zero one? hedge article um absolute garbage yeah yeah yeah. now this is what they took from us and then we'll discuss a little bit more this is i want to play melania trump's christmas okay the Christmas Eve music, you can feel it in your spirit. If, if the White House had put this out, nobody would say anything. If, if Jill had done this and she's putting bows together, herself, she would never look like Melania. Doesn't matter, I don't care what Melania looks like. It's the it's the Christmas decorations. Okay?
whatever this was. So Jill Biden says a bit of magic, wonder and joy brought to you by the talented trooper tappers of Dorrance dance, performing their playful interpretation of the Nutcracker Suite, playful interpretation of the Nutcracker Suite. Uh, just it's why? so weird. The freak show and absolute garbage. Uh, my eyes. Uh, Paul Joseph Watson says, what in the world did I actually just see? Now, the group behind this, this, this video that has gone viral, at least that did accomplish something, uh, is an anti-white group called Dory, Dorrance Dance. On the w group website calls for defunding the police, abolishing prisons, and even quotes Marxist terrorist Angela Davis, who actually blew something up here in America. They want to end gender-based violence, pardon black women in prison for voting. I, I didn't know there were black women in prisons for voting. More protection for black trans women UK. Defund police, mandate the police, force ac academies to take racial bias training testing, police de-escalation de uh, training, stop ICE from poisoning immigrants. Uh, the, I didn't know they were doing that. I didn't know they were either. Well, maybe they shouldn't eat the ice. Leah. Defund the MPD, defund San Diego Police Department, fire racist criminal Michael J. Reynolds from the New York Police Department, defund and redistribute the NYPD, defund the NYPD and get them out of public schools. Because don't protect the kids. Common questions, definitions. What is white privilege? What is systemic racism? What is white fragility? What does it mean if you stay silent about racism? What does that what does it mean? How does white feminism exclude women of color? Well, guess what? You're right. I'm not going to be a white, a white feminist. There That's you good. go. How do I talk to my kids about racism? How do I talk about this stuff with people who disagree and are racist? This stuff. This stuff. This stuff. What are microaggressions and how are they harmful? So that's them. So this is what happens when... Uh, so if you go to uh, this profile, I want to see uh, the, the guys at the five here. Try, try, trying to spread some holiday cheer with a White House Christmas video. But it might have backfired. It's getting brutally mocked by critics who have been calling it bizarre, freaky, and absolute garbage. Mm. Greg, you snickered first, so you go first. <laughs> yeah, it's not my cup of tea. I really don't care. But this dance troupe is a Marxist organization, according to End Wokeness. They came out in support of defunding the police, abolishing prisons, and they quote Marxist terrorist Angela Davis. They have an entire section on the website devoted oh. to anti-white literature, like why white feminists are racist. They want to defund the NYPD and get them out of public schools. I don't think Jill Biden did her research, much like she doesn't do her research about anything because she's not a real doctor but this is like this is just another example of how the white house just plays to the optics of wokeness and they don't do any research that isn't exactly how i thought your response was going to go i thought you were just going to say i don't like that uh dana so i usually never complain about anybody's video and i on this one if she wants to do the dance I like video that. that's fine that, that's good fade, fade to black um I, I didn't like it when people criticized Melania Trump's the red Christmas. Yeah, tree. I didn't. I thought she—that's like, your artistic expression. That's what you want to do. But then when I read a little bit deeper today and found out more about this group, yeah. I was like, wait, your poll numbers. One of the reasons they are where they are is because you've been pulled so far left. The thing you have to do is use an animal, but they can't use their animal because Commander bites everybody, yeah. Yeah. and nothing will ever be better than Barney Cam. So you have to like animal videos. Those are the way to go. Animals are great.
Animals are great. Rosanna? I don't know. It just reminded me walking down into the subway. This is what I see. I just, I'm like, I feel Where do you get at home? I feel at home. Jesse? I have a finite amount of outrage, and so I'm going to save that for impeachment. I don't find it outrageous. It does not. It does not cause me rage. I just. I, I actually, if I'm being completely honest, this was fun for me. I have enjoyed this. This has brought me joy to it, watch. It certainly made it me laugh. It made me feel like everything they do and they try fails, which makes me giddy. It does, because the other team were winning, really, you know, if they were winning, it, it might actually cause you to, um, I'm going to play this, the, it might actually be discouraging, but this is losing. This is losing, losing on an epic on, scale. Big, yes. All right, uh, who did this? There is Jean-Pierre, the press secretary. That was really All right. funny. And then um, I just want to see here. There's a very interesting story going on. Um, I'm, well, I, I'm just going to play this, and hopefully it's not dirty. The boss on hey, hey, boys, how we doing? Sir, hey, how sir. are you? Guys, I just spoke with Jill Biden. She's extremely excited Hold about on. this White House Christmas video. All right, let's get it in one take. Yes, sir. All right, show me what you got. 100%. I think you'll be very happy with this. All right. Video. Hey, guys, you heard that. We're guys, good. We're going live. Hey, Four. Jeff. Jeff, Three, not right now. Two, not right now. Here we go. We're going live. Okay, great. Here we go, guys. Hey, Korean, think Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Climb, yeah. climb. Stay with me. Now we're coming to the gay with the pine cone on his head. Let's send him out now. What, what's he doing? The tour? The tour. I need transgender bunny, please. Fantastic. Thank nice you. Nice to meet you. Everything's great. Two non-binary. Bring him out. Good. Clap, clap. Now, Jimbo, focus awesome. on the non-binary. Snow white, but black. We're gonna dissolve Perfect. the camera too. We're going Perfect. now. Great I'm, work. I need a lesbian pan left. Cracker, please. Stay left. More like a man. Stay left. Stay left. Hey, hey. Why are we? Why are we going right? We need the gay black. Oh, the gay nutcracker. I'm sorry. Gay nutcracker. Transition. Camera two, no. dissolve into the Lincoln bedroom. Ah, beautiful. Carefully, he comes fast, so can we pan down? Pan yeah, down. he is a quick Steve, one, Jimbo. Stay with him, bring her back. Good. Great. Now, we need a Mexican in the wheelchair to roll out. Wait, why can't we get a Mexican in the wheelchair? There was no ramp into the White House. Okay, we're going to audible. Let's go with the blue. Can we go with the gay with the tulip hat again? Is he available? So then send him. Let's uh, go. Tell him he's on. I don't okay, care. There he is. Perfect. Oh, he's wearing the same damn hat again. You saved the day. Brilliant. I thought you said it was a pine Let's close this out with a, with a lesbian Let's go. Let's with a candy, go candy lesbian cane. Candy cane. Send her out. Two, one. Perfect. There she is. There she is. Great. Four. Clack, 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 clack. Great. Great. And let's go. And we're closing out. Yeah. Four, three, two, the camera one, one, and close. That was intense. <sighs> Guys, hold for a minute. We're going to get uh, some notes. Let me get this straight. Did you guys just shoot an entire White House Christmas video with only black people, no straight white men, no straight white women, and everybody apparently is in the LGBTQIA plus community. Is that is that what I just saw? I thought you liked it. Daryl's idea. Well, guess what? 
Congratulations, because I think it was awesome. We're Democrats, and that's what we do. Yeah. Just gay people and only black. That's how we roll. And there was no Christians in the Christmas No video. Christians. I'm Guys, that's freaking. Guess what? Oh. You get a raise. Oh. You, I feel like Oprah. You get a raise. Oh. You get a raise. Oh. You get a raise. You get a raise. Oh, I can't wait to go and kiss my boyfriend. Oh. I will, too. Hey, Merry Christmas. Hey, if hey. you don't say that. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. <laughs> So you don't put any Christians in the Christmas video. Oh my gosh, Leah. Okay, did you have another one you wanted something else here? <laughs> yeah, actually. Um, you were headed somewhere else and then you got stopped Yeah, so Jesse here um, is talking about the anti-white Christmas here and the Boston's mayor. So the Boston's mayor office, uh, Mayor Wu invited... Uh, everybody on the city council to a Christmas dinner. Okay, that sounds good. But it was supposed to just be those who were of color. And so, but it, the invitation went out to everyone, so they had to uninvite seven white people. Wait, 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 wait. And say, I'm sorry, because you're white, we didn't mean to invite you, you can't come. Nuh-uh. Okay, let's listen. The White House from Winston Churchill spending his Christmas with the Roosevelts in the midst of war, to Jackie Kennedy being the first first lady to decorate the halls with nutcracker ornaments and twinkling lights. But who can forget Barney Cam? No Everybody's looking for you and you're supposed to be working. Here you are playing. I know you've been out here a long time because you've got snow everywhere. Nancy Reagan famously brought Mr. T to the White House for Christmas in a crimson Santa suit with his signature gold chains. Melania Trump decked the halls with glam and some dancing ballerinas. called that Melania's white Christmas. But this year, Jill Biden did what Bidens do. She plagiarized, recreating the nutcracker scene, but with a twist. That is true. Akilah says she's scared, but as a patron of the ballet, I found it quite enchanting. But not everybody agrees. Some say it looks like the White House switched from cocaine to acid. Others say it looks like the Hunger Games or Clockwork Orange. But it's a perfect symbol for the Biden presidency. People spin and tap dance while Joe doesn't appear on camera. They called Melania's Christmas an all-white Christmas. That would make Jill's Christmas an anti-white Christmas because the dancing group, Dorrance Dance, supports critical race theory, Black Lives Matter, the Black Panthers, Malcolm X, and the 1619 Project. Oh, and they also want to abolish ICE, abolish prisons, and defund the police. Oh, here is the president of Dorrance Dance. She's obviously a white liberal woman. Michelle Dorrance says, quote, 
It is from this place of white privilege that I invite you to join me in lifelong anti-racism work. Understanding how deeply in- Wait, what? She says- Did you just watch my face go down? She says from her own place of white privilege. You're a racist. That makes you a racist. I am better than you because I'm white, says the racist dance troupe leader. Embedded white supremacy, racism, and colonial is in our culture. Anytime you see white privilege, just think white supremacy. They are white supremacists. It's paramount to understanding our role as white people in perpetuating it and embracing our job to dismantle it. Do you think the White House vetted this anti-racist dancer and prancer? Ducey's going to ask Binder tomorrow, don't worry. But there's another Michelle who wants an anti-white Christmas. Not Michelle Wu, the Boston mayor. She's Asian, but if you're white, you're not invited to her Christmas party. Earlier this week, a staffer with pronouns in her name, Isn't so glad like I needed to know, sent an invitation to the city council members in Boston. Quote, on behalf of Mayor Michelle Wu, I cordially invite you to the electeds of color holiday party, meaning really, only elected officials really of color, color were allowed. But Michelle Wu made a mistake. Yeah, aren't, aren't she didn't mean to invite everybody. The email went out people? to everybody, like whites included. Pigment? 15 minutes later, the staffer said, oops, sorry, whites, you can't come. This is a non-white party. You're not welcome to the eggnog. So seven white Boston City Council members were uninvited. We call them the uninvited whites. Except there was a white invited, Michelle Wu's husband's white. <laughs> what was the elected of color's Christmas party plus one policy? We're not sure. Primetime's investigating. We'll have more on that tomorrow. But sure, it's racist. But the mayor has an excuse. I think we've, we've had individual conversations with everyone she so people understand that it was truly just a, an honest mistake that went out in, in typing the email field and um, I look forward to celebrating with everyone at the holiday parties that we will have besides this one as well. So um, it is my intention that we can again um, be a city that lives our values and create space for all kinds of communities to come together. Wait a second. The black city council members get two Christmas parties and white city council members only get to go to one. Paid so Wu is pro-segregation, the but there was a typo, party. so no one was supposed to know. The honest mistake was the typo, not the racially segregated party, you see. We don't do segregation. Did Jesus have three together. white wise men out in the cold while three brown wise men huddled up in the manger? Are you concerned this lends itself at all to further divisiveness? No, I mean, um, again, this is a, a, a group that has been in place for many, many years. We celebrate all kinds of um, connection and identity and culture really? and heritage in the city. We want to be a city where... You are an Asian lady with a perfect American accent. What is it that you're saying that you share in culture with an inner city black person? That is so different than what you share in culture with an inner city Caucasian person, culturally wise. Culturally wise. Did they eat with chopsticks? Beige your eyes. Leah. Where everyone's identity is embraced and that there are spaces and communities that we can help support. Just so we're clear, I ain't got no white identity. I'm American. 
okay? For the rest of us, there is no white culture. You know why? Because all them Caucasian people came from a lot of different countries and they're crazy different. Oh, the French culture looks nothing like the Spanish culture. And the Polish culture doesn't look like the, 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 the culture in the UK. Come on. Wu sounds like a confederate. Guys, the system's been in place for many, many years. And did she say banning whites from Christmas parties is something she celebrates? And if we embrace everyone's identity, what time should the uninvited whites show up to the whites-only Christmas party? Seven-ish? No one's ever mistaken me for a constitutional scholar, but we banned separate but equal in the 50s. Wu broke the law. Who? Wu. Massachusetts state law prohibits making any distinction, discrimination, or restriction in admission to or treatment in a place of public accommodation based on race. Now, Wu says the anti-white Christmas party wasn't taxpayer-funded, but the city had the party at a city building and used city funds. That's what taxpayer-funded means, Wu. And look what we have here. That's the district attorney arriving at the illegal anti-white Christmas party. DA Kevin Hayden's going to have to prosecute. I'd like to call myself as a witness. There were no whites at the party. Everybody was dancing to the beat. And who's the woman? She doesn't look very proud showing up at an anti-white Christmas party. Or maybe she's Kevin's plus one and she's married. We don't know. The uninvited whites missed a huge opportunity, though. They should have showed up to the anti-white party, drank the punch. And if the electeds of color tried to kick him out, you stage a sit-in. <laughs> it would have gone down as one of the greatest civil rights protests in modern American history. Because I was always taught that segregation was bad. Now Democrats say segregation is inclusive. They told us people of color are marginalized. Now it turns out people of color prefer to be marginalized. They told us society should be colorblind. Now we're told society should be color-coded. We were told discrimination was bad. And now apparently discrimination against whites is good. We were told diversity is a strength, except right around the holidays. What's next, Wu? Separate water fountains? Because this country lost 600,000 men in the Civil War. Did those men die so that Wu can have anti-white Christmas? It's not Trump who wants to turn this country back to the 50s. It's the Democrats. Oh, that's good. So uh, Mary in the chat, says, hey girls, I've got to miss this live tonight. I'm at the hospital with my daughter about to have our grandson. Love Yay, you both. Baby. Congratulations, Mary and Lord. May this uh, birth go quickly and smoothly. Mm. And, and uh, we just thank you for this life that's about to come into this earth. Bursting forth in health and joy. Amen. You know, Super I just- Super exciting. I just kind of want to sit on that for just, I just, there's just so much here. Um, so James, who is a person of color in our chat, by the way, it's so amazing that these people are so obsessed with race, more than the racists were back in the day, I think. Wicked Sykes says she's not even from Boston, she's from Chicago. James says these jokers need to stop hating on white people and to follow their lead. Wicked Sykes says, what percentage of whites uh, before you are disinvited? <clears throat> that is an excellent question. That is a good question. Oh, my God. Uh, I got something else for you. No, oh, I'm terrified. Yeah. So Hollywood made a movie 
Okay. It's coming out in... Um, it's on the end here? Actually... You don't... I don't it, have it up. Hey, let's see. It. They made a movie, and it's coming out in March. Okay. And um, it's another... It's a racist movie. Like, racism is, like, a thing nowadays, I guess, and... There's wrong button there. There we go. I know you can feel their discomfort, Aaron. Watching you walk through a room full of white people was the most painful thing I've ever seen. Excuse me. Sorry. I don't want to take you to a job interview. There's a recruiting class starting right now, and we got to get you in it. Welcome to the American Society of Magical Negroes. I don't really understand. It's easier to What's the most dangerous animal on the planet? Shark. White people, when they feel uncomfortable. White people feeling uncomfortable precedes a lot of bad stuff for us. That's why we fight white discomfort every day. Because the happier they are, the safer we are. I know you can feel their discomfort, Aaron. Yep. Hey, hi, hi, First of all, I am offended I'm, I, listen, it's not the average everyday American that's the racists. It's all y'all people in commercials, in movies, where you only ever use the caramelite skin black people as your main characters. Well, I know, I know, right? So wait a minute. We just saw the start of a movie where the quote unquote black hero of the film is walking through a an art gallery or museum and the black whatever character you know head magician head magician is looking at this almost white skinned black guy walking through there saying you walking through these white people was difficult to watch because they were uncomfortable and you're uncomfortable. And I'm thinking to myself, can you just, if you want to make it believable at all, stop using the white black people. The biracial black people. Stop it. I mean, it's so racist that they only ever use the white skinned black people. The light skinned. Stop it. It's, they are so racist. Forget that. We'll get to the magic and the witchcraft and all that in a second. No, it, that, that right there is, I have, that's my number one beef. I don't even believe you now because you didn't even embrace the richness of the beauty of a brown skinned person. Yeah. So full stop, I'm not listening to you. Yeah. Well, and I guess the premise of the movie is that he falls in love with a white woman, and if he -uh. if he loves her or whatever, then um, he will uh, lose his magic. Oh my gosh! Yeah, if he yeah, this is great. I'm glad they're doing this movie because all that it does is shows that they are they are the racists. That yeah. that is blatantly racist. Anybody that would watch that film. I think would be uncomfortable going, this is racist. Yeah. Wow. That was, so there's another one here too. So, um, it's just, they're, they're on a roll. <sighs> Wait, not this one. Sorry. We both clicked on it. So the Obama's it. made a, a Netflix, um, show 
called Leave the World Behind, a cyber apocalypse movie warns about white people if the world falls apart. Oh my. For you to remember that if the world falls apart, trust should not be dulled out easily to anyone, especially white people. Even mom would agree with me on that. Mm. Yes, even wow. your mom would agree with you on that. This is a very strange world that we're living in, I have to tell you. Sarah on Facebook says, you have got to be kidding me. Oh, my. Oh, my, my thoughts. Goodness. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You have more? No, we can okay. be done. It's, it's, um, it's, it's bad. It's oh, bad. this is it's great. This is a Sherry. Can I do this, though? So Sherry says that the in-laws are over for dinner. And that she's introducing them to us oh and my. has put us on the big screen. Oh, dear. She, she, we love Sherry so much. You, She's your dentist now. And your teeth super white clean. Yeah. You got a piece of food in on the side, though. You're going to show how professional our show is. It's the most professional show on the internet. <laughs> it really and truly is. Oh, my gosh. And we love your Are son your so much. Hi, Frank. Are, are your in-laws conservatives? I hope so. I don't think she'd put us on the big screen if they, we, they weren't. Oh, my. Right? And your know. granddaughter is a little angel. Oh, yes. We love, we love your whole family. Yes. Uh, James says, this is blatant hate speech, Absolutely. by the way. Absolutely. Okay, so sorry, my... I told you, the most professional show on the internet with whatever is happening to my lower left, do not pay attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> my battery's dying. <laughs> this is so professional it is i'm you know so what? glad they're we here we don't have um a tech crew there we go <laughs> sherry says thanks for the shout out well i wasn't sure if i had permission for the shout out but you know it felt good to give anyway are we what is this okay this we can get rid of this yeah so um <laughs> there is in canada there is a family there that is a little bit outraged because a 50-year-old male, born transgender swimmer, has caused an outrage after being allowed to compete, to compete in a teen girls swimming competition in Canada. Wait a minute. And was even allowed to undress in the girls' changing room. I read something about this. The Outraged other day. parents are blasting the Canadian swimming organization for allowing Melody Wiseheart. Oh no! See, when you get to make up your own daggum name <laughs> to compete in the Trojan Cup in Barrie, Ontario, why in just early December, Weishart, who competed at the East Bayfield Community Center, is a professor at York University and has caused blowback before uh, competing against young girls. But this month, parents are speaking out. One parent told the media that the girls were terrified when a 50-year-old man strolled into the locker room and began undressing in front of them. This is called voyeurism, by the way. The male added that parents organized to hold up a screen of towels to shield the girls from undressing in front of him. Oh, my gosh. Despite the discomfiture of the parents, Wiseheart's participation was sanctioned by Swimming Canada and Swim Ontario, which issued a statement to the uh, Toronto Sun defending their decision. 
In partnership with Swimming Canada, Swim Ontario has a robust system of policies, procedures, and rules that support our member clubs in providing a competitive experience that is safe, welcoming, and inclusive for all participants. Do you understand we have age and categories and everything for a reason, even if it's just like we're not even, we're talking about a 50 year old person in general. I wouldn't see the thing that a 50 year old woman would be allowed to compete, period, against teenagers or any adult. What if it was a 22 year old against kids or, th you know, obviously, you know, what if it's college against kids? You can't do this. Swimming Canada and Swim Ontario believe swimming is for everyone. People all yes, size, shapes, genders and beliefs. That's fine. Have a separate category for adults who do not want to identify their gender and then have people have men and women and, and have a male, have an, a male and a female competition for those who would like to. And they do that in adults. They have co-ed softball. They have co and I've done co-ed everything. I've done uh, sports wise on on. I've done co-ed volleyball, co-ed basketball, co-ed softball, and you know what you're getting into. Here's right? the end. But Let none of us actually dressed in the same changing room. But hang on a second. What the premise that you've just started 13 from to 15 by the is way is wrong. And let me explain why. Okay. Because these people don't want this man. It's a man, by the way would say he doesn't feel safe around other people physically his age and his physical biological gender. So he doesn't actually want to be with the co-ed adults. His desire is to be with the little girls. So that doesn't work. And this, a wait, pedophile. listen, a pedophile. this also goes to the bathrooms. It's not that these people want an individual safe space or bathroom for themselves or people like them. Because we could make bathrooms for people who identify as whatever, and then you could have bathrooms that I, that for people that identify as men and women, but that's not what they want. They want to get into your space. They want to make you uncomfortable. They want to prey on the little girls. Mm -hmm. So it's not about them and their feelings and them feeling like being with other people like them. They want to be mm -hmm. with the little children. They want to be in the bathrooms yeah. of that gender. So, it, so it does, what you're saying doesn't even work. I know. Because that's not their end goal. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, that we are catering as a society to the end goal that says, I want to foist myself on little children, there's no, we've, we've lost the plot. Yeah, we have, we have lost And we the have plot. given in to criminals. Yeah. No, we have. And I have an, I, I think that we are going to obviously on uh, tonight, we're going to drop off uh, Facebook uh, shortly and go straight to Rumble where we are going to discuss some more J6 uh, uh, things. And I'm going to talk about a, a school uh, council bo school board member swearing on a stack, stack of inappropriate uh, books. But this I do want this made me laugh. This one, this one truly made me laugh. So in the wake of the Palestine-Israeli thing, uh, the college campuses are awash with anti-Semitism and anything Israel is now triggering. And, and microaggressions and triggering uh, young people is not allowed. So this week, Yale changed the name of a popular food item in their dining hall. And actually what I'm really happy about is like these food choices look incredibly healthy. So I'm happy for the, those eating, so eating the healthy So this foods. was formerly called Israeli couscous salad with spinach and tomato. But they dropped 
the Israeli, and now it just says couscous salad with spinach and tomatoes. Yeah. Which now I want couscous salad with spinach and tomatoes, and I want to know what about the Israeli part that makes it taste better. Or different. Or different. What about special change? And those green beans, what is even going on? What are we even eating in this world, Leah? I don't know, but that Yale food, I I, I have to admit, that looks incredibly healthy and incredibly good good and incredibly diverse, actually. those beans. And that, you know, you know where we need diversity, equity, and inclusion? Food. Food. We need diversity in our food. We need equity and inclusion. We need to include uh, foods from all around the world because you know why? Because I tell you, more ethnic food... I'm telling you, tip Amer- is there. It's just usually healthier. Tip. It's usually healthier. American food, not so good. When you go to Europe, mm-hmm. they will often garnish their foods with fermented foods. They will. So, like a, Kimchi, a plate of food uh, will come with a garnish of fermented foods, which means you're getting the healthy and good bacteria in your mm-hmm. gut. And I have found. Surprise of all surprises, I love fermented turnips. Turnips. Turn up the beets. You do it. I love fermented turnips. So we have, we grew, we grew turnips this year. I specifically grew turnips to ferment them because they are that good. And you were so busy this year. You pulled the turnips and they they started to rot. Some of them did. And I started to panic. And so I cut them all up. And I fermented the turnips and I have been eating. So there's two half gallon jugs. I've already gone through one. And so it's, I, I will eat food, like let's say a lasagna. And then you take a couple of like tablespoons of the turnips that are fermented. And it, does, that like mean, does that mean fermented as an alcohol? No, it means good gut bacteria like the bacteria that like comes a in, a, in a yogurt, but it tastes so like a pickle. what you don't know is that the vinegared pickles are designed... To mimic the flavor yes. of a truly fermented barrel, fermented pickle. Like the pickle barrel. Yes. They're just pickles and you could just stick your hand in there. They so, would put in the, in the stores, the, the general store. They'd get giant pickles. Yes. They'd use salt and water and they'd sit there all year long. And it's so good and you for get you. And you ferment a pickle out. And so we also ferment peppers. We yes. ferment cauliflower. We Why ferment cabbage. We ferment me? cucumbers. I could just literally make a whole, like for me. Okay, we're just off a track. A charcuterie board. Okay, so char- add, so, so add okay. fermented food. We have, I, I am actually proud of, of our palate changing <gasps> us since ki- we were kids. We should buy some raw olives and okay. ferment them. We could try. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Put Where the, do you get you, raw olives? But do you put the little pimento things in yourself? No, that'd be too much work. A little hand. I would just eat them without that. Okay. Where do, where do you buy raw olives? I don't know. they've got to get here. I bet you could buy them dried and then... Soak them and then ferment them, maybe? You think so? I don't know. I want to try it. I don't know, but I tell you what. Um, one of our... Onions, Our carrots. favorite thing, you know, growing up, uh, we didn't have a lot of money. So for the holidays... The Mount for Olive Giant Pickle Jar. Oh, that was good. That, yeah, with the big pickles. Yeah. But really, what I was going to say, for Christmas or New Year's, the thing that my mom would splurge on, and it wasn't... Now that I'm older, I'm like, that wasn't a lot of money, but it was for us. We would get blocks of cheese. And before, a thing of sausage. Before it was a cool thing to do, we would get blocks of cheese, crackers, and a thing of summer sausage, and we'd cut it up and we'd make a little tray, and then we would cut up, we'd make a dip, and we'd have um, carrots, carrots, celery, and broccoli. And cauliflower, and, cauliflower. and sometimes mushrooms and cucumbers if we were fortunate enough. 
And that was like our Christmas dinner thing, like special, like after dinner thing. And especially for New Year's, that's what we did. And that's always fun. And then, and then they now have a, a fun name for it. It's called a charcuterie board. With meat, yes. So when you do a charcuterie, charcuterie board, it's a new thing for me. To, it's like There's all different, different kinds types of cheeses, of different kinds of meats and different kinds of pickled things. Yes. And not sometimes. Fermented. And like dried So fruits. what I'm trying to tell you guys to do is you need to start fermenting vegetables and adding a garnish of them on your plates for every meal. And you will become healthy. And the quickest way to do that, easiest way, is use filtered water. Fill up a jar, uh, a quart jar, uh, and a, uh, a half gallon jar. And if you just don't want to think too much about like whether you're doing the right amount of salt or not, just put two tablespoons of sea salt or pink Himalayan salt per per quart. Now, so you... make your brine first is what Leah's saying. So well, you no, need a separate no, no. jar. No, no it's, it's helpful to do this. You've had you've taught me to do this. Hold it's on. really helpful. Hold on. There's two ways. I'm doing two ways. Give them the easy way. That's the easy way. That's make your the brine easy first. Way. No, no, not to make the brine first is the easiest way. Then if you're, and, and, and it's just salty, it's a little extra salty. Then if you found that, and, and what I mean with that, you will not go wrong, it will not mildew, it will be fine. Okay, if you, a 3% brine is, go ahead, two tablespoons. Two per, tablespoons per quart jar of, so you, of, water. of water. So you make your quart jar, you fill it up with your brine, your salt water, and then you take your half gallon container and you fill it with all of your veggies, whichever you're going to put in there, okay? And then you dump that brine. You probably have to make a cup of like two or three or four quarts, depending on how many veggies you fill in there. And then you want to put a weight on top of it. And make sure, And the weight is to keep the vegetables submerged beneath your brine. And then you put a lid on it, and, you're, and you may have to burp that lid. And they make lid. little glass weights for that. Yes. All right, so here we go. Before we switch over. So our kitchen looks like a science experiment of we all of the different many things. many jars everywhere. Yes. Um, Back to the news. Yeah, all right. So this is from Wall Street Silver. It's a commercial The break. Fed and other central banks have created so many trillions of dollars and manipulated so many markets, it is breaking price signals in the markets. Our most likely path is a repeat of the 1970s with inflation and recession at the same time. The Fed has to pick one or the other. Are they going to lower rates to juice the economy while ignoring inflation? Or are they going to increase rates to fight inflation and sacrifice the economy and Joe Biden? So here we have um, uh, Peter uh, uh, St. Onage, uh, PhD here, talking about CN CN CNBC. Markets are completely confused with oil, gold, and bonds disagreeing on a recession. Are, quote, confused nice right shirt, now, though. according to CNBC, really fun. because they have no idea what's coming next, as oil, gold, and government bonds tell completely different stories about what's next for inflation and recession. CNBC couches this all as a great mystery, but the answer is very simple. The Federal Reserve is the 800-pound gorilla, and what it does dominates everything else. Almost makes you wonder if maybe central banks don't actually stabilize an economy, which is their alleged job. Perhaps they are the instability. Maybe. So first, the data. Two of the most important indicators of recession are oil prices and gold prices. When a recession comes, oil prices crash because a slower economy doesn't use as much oil. So factories might go part-time, people stop taking trips, Millions stop driving, perhaps some of them because they don't have a job. In 2008, for example, oil prices plunged 80%. Note that's a big reason for the Fed's so-called victory over inflation over the past year. Oil prices are crashing 
because oil thinks a recession is coming. Gold, meanwhile, is a hedge against recession as well as inflation. It's the perfect asset for stagflation, in fact. Went up 25-fold in the 1970s. So the inflation part is easy. Gold is limited, so if they print trillions of confetti, confetti. gold is worth more measured in confetti. And recession is more about insurance. So recessions typically drop stocks about 40 or 50%. So gold is a good way to wait out the storm. In fact, at the moment, oil prices are crashing and gold is soaring. So gold's up 22% since October of last year. 22%. Bitcoin, of course, confirmed that, doubling over the period. While oil prices are down 25% in just the past couple months since September. And they're down almost half since the 2022 peak. So far, so clear. Recession is coming. The problem is treasuries, government bonds. These are the main way that banks and pensions hold cash, since bonds are like cash, but they actually pay interest. Now, normally, if a recession is coming, interest on bonds, the yield, should come down because people expect that the Fed is going to cut rates to juice the economy. But that's not happening right now. So there are three possibilities. One is that we are really going to get that fairy tale soft landing that Jerome Powell is selling. We soft land, the Fed can keep the rates high, we rebuild. But there are two alternatives that are much darker. The first is stagflation, meaning it's a hard landing, but unlike most recessions, the Fed cannot cut rates because it's afraid of inflation. We'll just have to let everything go to hell and crank out press releases, how wonderful things are. <laughs> the other is actually worse, which is sovereign debt. As in, the market starts hiking yields because it is getting worried that maybe federal debt won't be properly paid. You'll know that happened if they do joint conferences with Jerome Powell whispering sweet nothings, even as Janet Yellen stumbles through her full faith and credit routine. So what's next? Brought to you by Unchained. I've argued that our most likely path from here is a repeat of the 1970s, with inflation and recession hitting together. That would send unemployment soaring even as inflation continues sapping what paychecks remain. As for confused markets, whatever way it pans out, a lot of people will lose a lot of money. For that, we can thank a central banker. Okay, we'll be watching. See you next time. So, wow. Michelle, if you go to um, Esti Bouillon, um, I was looking at, I want to see, I'm not seeing the, the gold... Um, uh, metal performance history that I saw yesterday. Um, I was looking at that. I see the silver's up. Um, the view, the spot price charts. Go ahead and click on that. See if you can get the gold, um, the gold spot price change over there, the metal performance history of gold. Um, I can't see, I wasn't able to find, that That chart should switch too. Um, I was able to do gold and I was able to do silver. But well, we can go. At, I mean, we can adjust our dates. How far back? Do you no, want to go? no. This chart. I want that chart to switch to to gold. But even just look at this for a second. So if you look um, between fifteen years ago, the price of silver was um, eleven dollars an ounce. Okay. Now, in a fifteen-year change, it's more than doubled. The same metal uh, performance history from 15 years has gold going up um, by... Um, well, we can just change the date on this. Well, you can go to all for the gold, just a second, because you don't, that's just going to go to the do a date. It's, this is the all. Um, when you look at 1994, 
gold is under 500 an ounce. I think it's like 350. And now we're at uh, 2000, we're over 2000. Okay. This is huge. I want you to see what gold has done uh, between uh, the Obama years at, at 1200. Okay. Um, 2013, 1200 stays around there. 1200 goes up just a little bit. And then look what happens in 2020. We are jumping up to, to historic numbers that you really haven't seen. Um, there was a little blip uh, in 2011 uh, and 12, between 2011 and 12, but basically you're staying under uh, 1,200 uh, since at least, you know. Um, you mean over? You're, you're, you're well. You're staying over 1,200. No, 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 you're under, you're under. I want you to see how it's gone up. Okay. There was a couple blips here. Okay, I don't know, are people seeing this? Mm -hmm. So there's these, there's a blip here. Okay, this is this is a blip. This is not a blip. This is this 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 right here. Twenty twenty. What do you mean by staying under twelve hundred? Well, what has if you under were to buy gold mm -hmm. here, right, at, around two thousand and eleven, in two thousand and sixteen, you might feel a pinch. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what I mean is, gold was under, not stayed, but gold was under. $1,200 for many years. Exactly. Okay. Right. This, this blip, this is, this isn't a blip. You might say, well, there's a blip. Look, look, I've lost my, my, my hold on my investment or my, my wealth, my That's wealth preservation. sold it right then and there. I know, but this was a good chunk of years, right? But you were hanging on to it. So, so between 2013, between 2013 and 20, 2019, uh, that's six years where if you were have, to have bought in uh 2011 and 2012 it might you might have wondered for six years what's going on what is going on but when you look at how gold has quote unquote performed i want you to see from 94 okay to uh 2006 under 500 dollars an ounce okay under 500 under 500 dollars an ounce what you're seeing is this gradual printing of money, printing and printing and so printing and printing clear, and printing. And I know and we printing. say this on our show a lot. What you're watching is not the value of gold increasing. You're watching the value of your dollar decrease. Right. Exactly. You're watching the value of your dollar decrease. Gold should be at $10,000 an ounce for it's as much money at, that has been quote unquote Printed. printed so this is a this is a a farce and so when we tell people that gold and silver are on sale it is 90 percent off what i wanted you to see in those charts is that uh this 15 year chart you can see this 15 year chart gold is up it's it's double it's pretty it's it's almost double okay you're at about a thousand dollars an ounce and now you're two thousand dollars an ounce double we're, we're doubling. We're doubling. Okay. The same thing with silver. Okay. I am not, when I talked to the kids at, and I did the constitutional class, we were not telling them that, that gold and silver are investments. Okay. What we are saying is that gold is your wealth preservation and, and gold is, is, look at where the chart is in 1994 when any of us had listened to Ron Paul you would not have, you don't have a stock portfolio that can match what gold has done. Right. There's nothing, no bank account saved, nothing can match 
what gold has done. And, and, and so imagine right now we're in 1994. Imagine you're like, man, if I could go back I there. I want you to see this chart now that that is what's ha that is where we're at right now. So essentially based on where we're headed mm -hmm. very rapidly, mm -hmm. unfortunately, you have that 1994 opportunity right now. The only reason that silver, silver should be 10 to, to one. Silver is so undervalued because the tech gurus need the silver. It is an artificially suppressed. low suppressed price so that they, they can, can get keep the silver by the kilos, by the thousand pounds to use it in your car batteries and everything you touch, everything electric that you have has a piece of silver in it. But silver and gold at their basis are money. Okay, so I'm excited to tell you guys that we have, see, we didn't have any real money to, to do wealth preservation for. I will just tell you. Okay? Let's just, let's be very clear. We, we had already done it because we've been talking about this for years. But we don't do gold. And people think that we have all this, this coin. We're, we're telling you what we would do if we had a ton of money, but we don't. We're just honest with you guys. We just don't. We don't live that way. We do, we're homesteaders. We do a little bit of a, at, at a time. And so what we do is maybe a $300 purchase here, a $300 purchase there. That's how we get our precious metals. Now, um, the, the minimum for SD Bouillon or for IT and trading is $1,000. So save up if you're going to call them. But I'm going to tell you guys something. Save up and then call them. Yeah. We... We're, I'll just, we are, we are open books. Okay. You guys, we are open books because we, we're not selling anything. We, like I tell people, I would pay you to watch my show. We're giving away the founder's Bibles. We, oh, I forgot the founder's oh. Bible. Where is my founder's Bible? It got moved in all the chaos. Okay. Of you well, and the you guys, we're giving away here. two founder's Bibles. So if you guys are live in the chat, listen two to more it. Left, I mean. Okay. we got two more. We got Friday tonight and Sunday. So email us at mas one S mass faith f-a-i-t-h 33 at gmail.com gmail and if you have not won already you can enter again even right. if you've already entered so you can send us emails mass faith 33 but gmail you have com. to re-enter each time because we want to give away a founder you may you can't say you win you will you may win this founder's bible so we're going to give away one tonight at the end of the show so send me the email and patriot gallery is going to so grab we, your emails we've given away four well we've given away five because we had a double winner we did last have week. a double winner last week yeah um, and if you are watching this back, if you're watching the Friday show back, you can enter still for Sunday ahead of time from the live show. But what we love about the Founders Bible is um, throughout the word of God, which is so amazing, they will give you all of this information about our founding fathers, the mm -hmm. things that you should have learned in history. Like, so this is not. the Book of Common Prayer. Uh, There's Jacob Duche. Um, so let's read something from it. All right. So, so let's start here. Start well. Just start at the beginning and read read one excerpt from here. And don't read. You don't have to read all of it. But start. Oh, this is a long one. This Some of them one. are long. So show them the beginning of this particular excerpt. Worth writing a hundred miles to hear is what it says right there at the top. And so what David did, or David uh, and Barton Brad and Brad Cummings put together, they would put these stories in with the um, scripture. So this is really great. So this is by September seventeenth. Wait, wait, tell them what, what this is referencing. So this is Psalm in the, thirty-five. So this is in the my section, favorite thing so in the whole a, Bible. This is in the section with Psalm thirty-five. 
So you're going to find a historical story that goes along with a scripture passage. Yeah. By September 1774, the tensions between America and Great Britain had been escalating for a decade and were reaching a boiling point. But despite those differences, the Americans still rejected separation from Great Britain. The colonies were vigorously pursuing reconciliation. The British, however, rejected those overtures and even responded by military force, such as turning their guns on Americans in the 1770 Boston Massacre. British governors in America also disbanded legislative assemblies, such as Governors Dunsmore, and so forth. The colonies decided that the time had come to act together rather than individually. By May 1774, Virginia called for a Continental Congress, as did New York and others. They hoped by speaking with a unified voice their grievances could no longer be ignored and an understanding could be reached. Specifically, they were seeking to a repeal of the intolerable and coercive acts, including those disbanding colonies' juries, replacing elected American officials with unelected ones appointed Shh, by the British tell them Crown. Tell what that picture is and requiring British troops to be boarded in private American homes. This says, this is Washington, Henry, and Pendleton going to the First Continental Congress. So there's pictures throughout. Your kids are going to love it. You can use this for homeschooling. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast forward. I want to fast forward to the part where they actually re read Psalm 35. At the meeting of the First Congress, there was a doubt in the minds of many about the property propriety of opening the session with prayer and the reason assigned was as here the great diversity of opinion and religious belief until at last mr samuel adams with his gray hairs hanging about his shoulders and with an impressive venerableness now seldom to be met with rose in that assembly and with the air of a perfect puritan said it did not become men professing to be a christian professing to be christian men who had come together for solemn deliberation in the hour of their extremity to say that there was so wide a difference in their religious belief that they could not as one man bow the knee in prayer to the almighty whose advice and assistance they hoped to obtain and depend upon it that where there is a spirit of christianity there is a spirit which rises above form above ceremonies independent of sect or creed and the controversies of clashing doctrines and then adams whitfield like rebuke penetrated the hearts of other delegates and says cushing's motion was seconded and passed in the affirmative mr peyton randolph of virginia our president waited on mr duche accordingly and the next morning he appeared with his clerk and in his pontificals so they they actually and and with means that they had their prayer book and it was very prom, uh, prim and proper and they decided to pray together and there's a picture of it so awesome so you will learn these amazing historical stories in the founders bible while you're reading scripture and it's awesome so this is the gift that everybody needs if you don't win and you still want to purchase it you can if you want them inscribed from us you can order them from us we'll try to get them to you this coming week just let me know by the end of this weekend so that i can ship them out on monday so they get there in time for christmas and we will inscribe them and sign them if you would like um we you do get a discount whether you order them from the foundersbible.com or from us you get a 20 percent discount so the foundersbible.com you can use promo code resistance chicks or you can just email me and we'll mail them to you with a 20 percent discount of course you have to uh, pay the shipping. Um, but enter in today and give us your address and your name and whether if you win, you would like it inscribed by Leah and I. The reason why that matters is because if you don't say that you want it inscribed, we're not inscribing it because you may want to give it as a gift. Right. But if you do, then we're going to sign it. So sign up. And by the end of tonight's show, we're going to be giving away Founders Bibles. Mm. So Leah, you were going to talk about our phone call with ITM Trading. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Um, there was, oh... 
But while I'm thinking about it, there was one person that wanted two Bibles for their nephews. Did we ever get that? Did we ever do that one? That wasn't an official order placed. Okay. Yet. Yet. That was okay. like, I think I want this, but I'm oh. not sure. Okay. Got you. We need a confirmation on that. Whoever wanted that for their nephews, um, let us know if that's a yay or nay. So um, we we wanted to make a purchase of pre-1933 gold. Now, um, we are. Not, I'm not going to tell you what we've got. We probably might show you. Um, oh yeah, we'll totally we will show definitely you not going to might show you. We will show you, um, but it's a surprise. But it is a surprise. Now there are many reasons why Lynette and ITM Trading encourage you to buy pre nineteen thirty three collectors gold. When you call them, they'll tell you why. And Michelle, what were your what was your experience when you, we got to talk to Sari, which is Lynette's sister? sister I had no idea sister. Lynette's sister even worked there. Mm -hmm. So we get the phone call from Sari. We set we set up our own consultation. I did. I went on to I went to learn.itmtrading.com forward slash chicks, which is our page. You see it right there. I literally I went I went through it exactly as you guys would go through it. And it was and I scheduled amazing. It. And we've been meaning to do this. Uh, just to, you know, um, over there the ITM trading guy. I've got a, a contact. Um, and his name is Justin, and he's fantastic. And he's always like, is there anything we can do to help you guys? Um, and Bent over backwards, really. And, yeah, and so he said, you guys need to go through the process because you need to know who you're sending your viewers to. So just as a backstory reminder, we've been sending you guys to ITM Trading for six years because we believe in them. And we've had Lynette on our show twice, actually three times. I think it was twice well, back then. Well, and Sherry said she moved her stuff to Gold Silver last year. And yes, without exactly. To, to it, exactly. So we've already been sending you guys there for well, six years. And I will tell you, this is why I did this. We were sitting at it. We, we had um, spoken at the event with Coach Dave. Yeah. And we were sitting at a table full of women. Was and we had Sherry told there? Them, uh, I think she was. Yeah. Yeah. And we had told them all about gold, how constitutional money and gold and silver. And one lady sat down next to me. She goes, my friend died. She had no one to leave her money to. And she's leaving me $100,000. What do I do with it? And I was like, I wrote down ITM Trading. I said, call them. They're, they will help you to, they'll help you because she's like, I don't know if I should buy property. I don't know if I should buy land. I don't know if I should, what should I do with it? And I was like, this is beyond my pay grade. Okay. I can give you suggestions, but not, not like that. Okay. So the, the, they, ITM Trading has been in business and had an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating for, for 27, 27 years. years. It's a family business. Lynette's been in this with her uncle. She's got all these antiquities. She knows the market. She She's one of us, okay? And listen, she's not going to try. They, they don't just sell you. They she believes make in sure farming. Got, she believes in being prepared with food and shelter and barterability yeah. and water and all the things. So, so we tell you guys to go. It's because we already believe in them, but we needed to, to actually have walked through the process ourselves so that we could say, hey, we've done this. So I wasn't sure what to expect. I thought somebody would uh, ask you to list down all your assets and how much money you make and all these different things. Which they will do if you would like them to. But the first thing she said was, sit down, let me tell you a story. She goes, I, I'm not just, she goes, I, I ran it. I had a toy store. I was a kindergarten teacher. I, it, she's, she's retired, so this is kind of like extra for her. And um, she said, let me tell you why, wh wh the way I do this through story. Now, not everybody's going to do this. 
if you get Sarah, you're going to get the storytelling. And, and I love the story. And she went through for us and taught us even more about the system. I didn't know they didn't actually confiscate the gold. They highly recommended that you um, turn in your gold, but you couldn't use it. And you, technically, you couldn't have more than five ounces. And that they made it so that all of their guys could hang on to it. They also incentivized. It was, I think... Um, $26.85. 67 cents. 67 cents. And that 67 cents back in 1933 was actually a lot of money. And so if you went in and you had um, this coin, you get an extra 67 cents. Well, actually, that was the price of gold. And so they, you wouldn't, you weren't getting any extra money. You, they, and you thought you were getting an extra 67 cents, but mm -hmm. you were not. Exactly. And then, you know, they weren't, you weren't allowed to buy anything and use gold for years. And I just, I loved the way she explained the confiscation laws or executive order. That are actually kind of open and still on the books. They are still on the books. And I was just highly impressed. And honestly, my question, because I wanted to buy a pre-1933 coin, is... What kind of coins are we looking at? What's the difference? Like, because you can go and buy an ounce of gold from SD Bullion or anywhere, and it's going to be spot price press plus a little premium. You go to those pre-1933s, and you're in the, into the antiquities, and your prices are going way, way up, sometimes almost double the price of gold. And so I had a lot of questions about that before we even got our toe in the water in that area. Um, and, and one thing that I did learn, which I have to kind of repent and rework my, my, my wording here, according to that original executive order there with the gold confiscation. Anything pre-1933 essentially is bouillon, whether it's a coin post. minted, po excuse me, post-1933. Even if it's a coin minted by the U.S. government, they it is still counted as bouillon. Mm -hmm. It's not the a same. Uh, it's not a collectible because it has to be rare and collectible. And so I thought that that was really interesting. She was so kind. We were on the phone with her for almost for over an hour, actually. Yeah. And you can, and this is something really neat. You can, they don't necessarily recommend this, but you can, you can put all, you can buy bouillon and put it in a self-directed IRA. That's your investment. That is your retirement account. You do you don't pay taxes on that. Um, from what I understand, I am not a professional. This is not advice. Uh, from you can go to you can go to iTeam Trading and see that, and you can set up and a self-directed uh, a um, IRA, and that would be your. You have to buy bouillon to put that in there. Right. You can't put in so the collectibles. They all of these questions that you may be thinking or having about your retirement. I can say firsthand mm -hmm. that they were inc incredibly professional, very mm -hmm. kind, and not just professional, but personal. And they take the time. They will answer all of your questions, mm -hmm. and they're happy to do it, by mm -hmm. the way. And so then today... And it doesn't... Here's the thing. And it doesn't cost you anything to just call them and talk to them. Right. It's so, free. It's so totally free. Normally, you would call and talk to them a couple of times, a few times, to kind of go over all the different things. And they're willing to take all, like you just said, your assets, your income, your goals, and, and literally give you kind of a, a plan, which is phenomenal. That's not why we were calling, so we didn't go down that route, but I feel very confident and that that would go very well. And now I understand why Lynette is always talking about making sure you have the ability to pay your property taxes. And that was emphasized a lot. And she talked about what we would need in order to be able to pay our property taxes because we said our home is paid off. But then, she asked, you know, how much are you paying in property taxes? And then what, what are you going to need to be able to pay a year's so worth of property taxes? Worth of pop and that's what they that's what they start you with usually um, is that making sure that you're, 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 you're not going to lose what you have when the poop hits the so fan. So when the cash money isn't worth anything. Yeah. You have gold. And that's what they, your property taxes are going to be preserved in gold. Yeah. And most of us can put aside enough and should. 
And maybe you start doing, maybe you pinch a little penny so that next year you can set aside enough to pay your property taxes and you put it and you're actually, you're not, it's, it, it's just like you would, a lot of people pay their property taxes once a year or half a year. If you have a mortgage and you don't feel the pain as much, um, but uh, if you have enough, then she'll have you put it in different kinds of gold coins so that when you go to resell it or, or and you need to cash that out, um, uh, you, can, you can do so and right. you can pay your property taxes and keep your house. So I wanted to get to the punchline. The punchline is today I called her and I actually was walked through the process of making an actual purchase. And that was wonderful. Actually, it was it very, really very easy. straightforward. But there are there are hoops. You just don't buy it. You have to have you you do. I had to send them a picture of my driver's license, a blank check. There's other ways that you can do that. You can just mail them a check in the you can, mail. You can use a credit card, but it costs more. It does. Um, I wouldn't do that if I were Why you. Why would you do don't that? Don't do that. Um, but I was very impressed with the all of the um, checks and balances. That's I, what was I was say. called. They're well, you weren't even there for any of this. They're super professional. Uh, so I was. I had to leave, and so I was doing all of this on the phone while I was out and about. She called me, and we went over the order, and I had to listen to all of the, you know, legal. not not so much legal. They just want to make sure that you know that when you're buying this, you're going to hold on to it. Mm -hmm. This is not an investment. This is not a get rich quick. This is not a. I'm going to put it in gold, and then I'm going to cash it back out of cash really fast. You're putting it in there, and it's going to stay there. Okay. Until at such a, a point in time you need it. Going over all the different orders, then I was then we were transferred to a joint phone call with trading. And on trading, I was asked a bunch of questions to confirm everything that I had been told so that I knew what I was getting into. Then when we came off of trading, then she welcomed me to the officially to the ITM trading family. She says, of course, you're already part of the family, but now you're officially, now that you've made a purchase. Then I was called again later by somebody else, kind of quality control, to confirm my order one more time and to go over everything one more time. And I just, I found all of that not annoying, incredibly comforting. You know why? Because they're not trying to make a buck off of you. They're not just trying to swindle you. Is this what you want? Yeah. Do you know what you're getting? Because it's going to be a certain grade of metal. It's going to be a certain year. It's going to be a, how many were printed uh, at that year for the collectible values. And so that they, they're walking you through that mm -hmm. so that you know exactly what you're doing. They're walking you through the buyback. They're walking you through what maybe you might not want to sell it back to ITM. You may want to go to, if, if, your, if your local guy can give you more than what they can buy it back at, you can, they're not. Hey, and they sure tell you the, the percentage of the buyback rate. What is right. your risk? Because when you're buying something like gold and silver, you have there's a premium that you're paying right, right, to get right. it from that person or that right. company or whatever. How much would they buy it back for? So mm -hmm. they went over all of that, and it was so professional. And I just can't recommend it enough. I know this is a very long section that we're talking about this, but, we but this is a very big call. deal. We yeah. just had the phone call. I just got off with her a few hours ago. Yeah. Um, and I was able to pray with her on the phone yesterday, which was wonderful. Yeah. So if you guys want to try this experience out for yourself, give them a call, 1-866-950-7776, or just go to learn.itmtrading forward slash chicks and click on the Calendly link there, and you will be able to, li to literally schedule a call with them on your own schedule. And those prices are going up, and I will let you know. It's still, still so, and, and at you the, know end, of the me? end of the year, she said time that at the end of the year, is the best time to get gold and silver because that, especially the antiquities, because that is the time where pe other people are selling, mm -hmm. and so the prices go down. The, the prices are going down because um, supply is up. 
So you've got supply and demand. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the year, supply is up because people are selling. So I was really happy to get my sale in before the end of 2023. So that's not a high pressure for you guys, but just consider that as far as prices go with the antiquities specifically there. Mm. So... All right, I think that's it. Yeah, one more video here from Facebook. This is interesting. Uh, this uh, or for this Facebook, TikToker I mean. says that home prices are about to crash. I don't know. They're saying that Congress may look at limiting how many houses um, or if, uh, that that uh, Black BlackRock and Vanguard will not be. They want to make it so that they can't buy housing, which I would really hope that they do. That I hope that they do. They shouldn't be allowed. It should be totally illegal. Huge news. Congress is about to attempt to ban BlackRock, Vanguard, any other hedge fund from purchasing homes and turning them into single family rentals in bulk, which has been happening all over the country. In fact, the last three years, 44% of new homes have been purchased by hedge funds. And here's what's been happening. They've been buying these homes at a 20% premium, paying way more than anybody else would and or can. And in the process, they've been inflating the housing market, which makes the prices of homes go up. That's why new houses went from 330000 to 480000 in two years, because of that. So despite the fact that the economy is, is getting just break, by the way, to blankness. Yes. Let me refresh the page here. Okay, so back to the video. Hopefully that Congress will actually do this. I'm hoping that they do. Um, because BlackRock and Vanguard and all these investment, these hedge funds are driving up prices to where people can't buy homes anymore. Right. So let's finish the video. Here. ...that the housing market is going to tank. Not only will the housing market tank, but also rent is about to get a whole lot cheaper. However, long term, it is an amazing thing for America and American nuclear families. Because it's mu you're much more likely to get married... Have children if you have a consistent home that is an asset that you can leverage that increases your net worth in the process. Again, Vanguard, BlackRock, any other hedge fund is about to be banned by Congress from purchasing single-family rental homes and pricing out the average tax-paying American. A beautiful thing for the country. I hope so. Now, what I am able to confirm is that the U.S. House of Representatives Judiciary Committee uh, has subpoenaed BlackRock uh, and State Street for documents uh, and communications related to its probe into the whether environmental, social, and government's ESG efforts violate antitrust laws. Um, so we'll see where this goes. I really do hope that that is on the docket, and that would be fantastic. It would be something that we definitely need to see. I would like to do a small commercial break. I'm going to play this on our world news show. But at the very end, this is hungry. And I want this in America. But I, oh, no. Okay, wait, where is it? Yes, hungry without culture and riches in paradise. I guess in Budapest, they have a large outdoor sauna that is like, I don't, I don't understand in these in this beautiful place like what is this place they used to have like in germany they have all these swimming pools everywhere you know that right so clearly it's, it's cold winter. outside right it's now. it's winter and it is it is christmas time and they have these outdoor songs get out of and i just think that it's just awesome i mean look where you're at it's like you know 
these, these super old buildings is a beautiful place um, in the center of town. I don't know. Oh, I just like gosh. it. I don't know what it is. I, I want to be there. I just do. Uh, the next one to the left here, um, I do have some some sentiments on this. This is uh, uh, Santa receives a letter from Israel. Now, my comment <laughs> Dear Santa, I'm writing to you for the first time. On October 7th, some bad people came into our house. They hurt my mommy and my little sister, took my daddy away, and are still holding him. I'm all alone. I wish you could help bring my daddy back home. Now, what's your plan for the holidays? Now, 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 now. I, I, just, I just need you to put this into perspective for one moment. And I want you to get excited with me oh boy. and happy because God is moving oh in a very powerful way. You have never seen Israel is so desperate that they're turning to Jesus. What song did you hear playing in the background? I didn't pay attention. Play it again. Oh my God. And say the words. Dear Santa, I'm writing to you for the first time. On October 7th, some bad people came into our house. They hurt my mommy and okay, Wait, no, no, finish. I, I, let me finish. Hold on, hold on. Yes, my little sister Run. took my daddy away and are still holding him. I'm all alone. I wish you could help bring my daddy back home. Okay, so Santa Claus is based on Saint Nick. Saint Nick was a Catholic priest. Catholics serve Jesus. They played not a Christmas carol, not jingle bells, not anything. They played Silent Night, Holy Night. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child. Do you understand the significance of this, this propaganda, <laughs> which is what it is? They are opening up their hearts to the only answer that the whole world knows mm. because you cannot keep down the spirit of Christmas, which Neil Oliver, even last year, everybody becomes a Christian. Last week, you mean? Last week, t talked about Jesus. Everybody becomes a Christian when you are invoking that spirit of Christmas, which is giving and kindness and love. There's no love without God. There's no love without and the greatest love that God ever showed us was giving us his son as our savior. Mm. 
and I have been praying and we have been praying that Israel would turn to Jesus and they are so desperate that they are turning to Santa Claus and Christmas and playing Silent Night, which is a hymn to a savior that a, a couple months ago would be Jewish blasphemy. And so go ahead. I'm feeling all the feels and I am agreeing with you a hundred percent. This thought is an aside though, because you did say the word propaganda. Okay. They do need the support of Americans. Mm -hmm. And so putting this out there, what it does is it pulls on the heartstrings of Americans, especially when you play Silent Night. So I'm just kind of wondering, is this... Absolutely, but the, here's the thing. They put it together. Yeah. They did this. They, they, it would... Are you and I going to make an, an ad with Mohammed asking right. for the... And play some sort of... Uh, uh, no, you're right. Muslim call to prayer. You don't need to do that. Uh-uh. Uh, we ain't going to ever do that. We're not going to ever do that. Please, Mohammed, help us. No. no we weren't asking for Mohammed, but yeah, I mean, Santa Claus is Mohammed, not the same. Santa Claus is based upon a priest, a Catholic saint. Santa Claus is Saint Nick. Saint Christian Nicholas. Okay. All right. So. Um, we are going to say goodbye to Facebook and finish up with a few more um, January 6th things over on um, Rumble because Epoch Times through the 31st has a full-fledged documentary out for free. And wow. I'm going to show you guys and get you that link. That's awesome. Okay. Goodbye, Facebook. Merry Christmas, Merry everyone. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. I guess um, you have to forgive me, Leah, because I am going with you on this. I get stuck on... Santa Claus. We don't do Santa. We don't do Santa Claus at our. No, at our but house, it's a. In our you open the door. You open in the door. Jewish not, people open in the door to Saint Nick. We don't decorate with Santa Claus. We don't tell children about Santa Claus. I'm not. I am not opposed Saint Nick and Santa Claus. Saint. Okay, Saint Nick was a real person. Right. The persona of this jolly old man giving away gifts is based upon a real person. And I do not have a problem with Santa Claus. I have a problem with lying that he is a real person today and he is a magical man. Okay. The idea of Saint Nick, the, 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 the giving of the presents, the toys. Um, I watched Lord of the Rings. Guess what's in Lord of the Rings? Elves. Don't have a problem with elves. I'm wearing green myself. Leah. I have a problem with make-believing that they're real or telling kids that they're real and lying. Okay. Okay. All right. Leah, what's next? Well, in honor... Okay, if you guys didn't see our first hour on the Bright End Show, you need to see it. And you need to see Vivek Ramaswamy hammering uh, the CNN... Uh, Fake news being, you know, going at him saying, what's this about January 6th being an inside job? And he also hammered the Whitmer, the G Governor Whitmer Fed napping plot. And Julie Kelly reposted this, so I want to play it. She goes, in honor of Vivek Ramaswamy hammering away at Whitmer Fed napping plot, I will repost my favorite video of 2023. 
three men framed by the FBI, acquitted by a Michigan jury a few months ago. Okay, everyone can be seated. Remember we were told that they tried uh, to kidnap juror number four, Governor Whitmer? Okay, These guys uh, you can sit here for one second, ma'am, uh, just so that you're aware. Uh, the order that I let the clerk's office know that we're going to receive they the were in is the order in which the defendants have been sitting around the table. One man, one man was given a credit card with a $5,000 limit, said go buy ammo. They were literally the FBI put the plot together and gave the men the money to do it. So uh, William Null will be first, Michael Null will be second, and Eric Molitor will be third. Okay. Uh, would the four-person please rise? And would the defendants and their counsel please rise? Yes, Your Honor. Madam Clerk, if you would please receive, or, I'm sorry, Madam Four-Person, I should confirm, uh, we did get a note indicating that verdicts have been reached. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Are they unanimous verdicts? Yes, sir. Are they unanimous verdicts as to each count for each defendant? Yes, sir. Madam Clerk, if you would, please receive the verdict. Members of the jury, have you reached your verdict? Yes. yes. And as to William Null, count one, providing material support for an act of terrorism, what is your verdict? Not guilty. For William Null, count two, possession of a firearm at the time of the commission or attempted commission of a felony, what is your verdict? Not guilty. As to defendant Michael Null, count one, providing material support for an act of terrorism, what is your verdict? Not guilty. For Michael Null, count two, possession of a firearm at time of commission or attempted commission of a felony, what is your verdict? Not guilty. That guy was living, I think, in his mom's bed. As to Eric Molitor, count one, Providing material support for an act of terrorism, what is your verdict? For Eric Molitor, count two, possession of a firearm at time of commission or attempted commission of a felony, what is your verdict? Not guilty. Right. Thank you. Madam Court, ladies and gentlemen, as I described for you, there will be ladies and gentlemen in the gallery. As the court instructed everybody, there will be no outbursts. There will be plenty of time for this in a few moments. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I want to thank you for your service on behalf of the people of Antrim County. Uh, what I'll do at this time is ask you to go back to the jury room. I'm going to come back there and meet with you. There are some things that we need to discuss. Uh, but, Madam Court Person, I'll take the verdict. Thank you all very much. Your speech to the jury. Thank you. So, just a reminder, if you're just joining us, this is the these are the men that were involved in the Governor Whitmer plot. That right before the election, these crazy Sorry. Trump supporters. Yeah, okay. Um, were uh, entrapped. They were well. No, no, no. That no. These they they said these were crazy Trump supporters that were getting ready to kidnap a governor. Okay, let's go back on the record. Uh, the record. Everyone can be seated. Thank you. The record can reflect that the jury is outside of the courtroom. Uh, they have returned their verdicts. Each of these three defendants have been found not guilty. Um, anything else that we need to discuss? First to you, Mr. Ralston. Mr. Nunzio. Mr. Cyber. Anything else we need to discuss? Absolutely not. Mr. Barnett? No. Uh, obviously, the bonds will be terminated. You gentlemen are free to leave. Thank you all. Thank you. I think that's it. I just want to play it to the end. Um, and for the media and for Ms. Jaynes, uh, there was a petition filed by Mr. Van Dusen uh, for the uh, names and addresses of the jurors. 
uh, it's a unique request and the, the court doesn't generally have that information or use it, uh, but part of the analysis that the court has to do uh, is uh, deals with the safety concerns of them. And so that is one of the things that I plan to discuss with the now, jurors. Uh, remembering and that Governor Whitmer had locked the, the state down, mm -hmm. shut down businesses, locked masked kids away, up. masked everybody up. Um, but these men were acquitted because this was not their idea and they were not actually planning on going through with it. Right. It was caught mid-plot. They were discussing it. And none of these guys really, from what I understand, actually planned on going through with it. That's why they were acquitted. They, was never, they never kidnapped her. They didn't actually implement any of it. Uh, they were bought some ammo. They, they met together. They were talking. And, and it was there were more informants and more FBI agents um, than there were One was a civilians. female and was uh, being overtly female. And it was just a very bad situation all around. Now, you're going to tell me that a few months later, January 6th wasn't an inside job? Michigan was an inside job. Right. January 6th was an inside job. And these guys, and they prey on those who are, uh, guys, I just need you to know, not everybody is the, is the sharpest tack in the box. And they know that. I've talked to a lot of Trump supporters. They're not all super, super sharp. And guess what? Neither are those on the left. True. Guys, they're not, there are really smart people in this world, and then there's some not so smart people, Okay. And you can get people to do a lot of things. Look what they're doing with all the kids in school. They're getting them to lay themselves down on the ground with fake blood on them. Yeah. So don't tell me that people can be manipulated to do things. And if you are manipulating somebody to do a crime that they would not have thought of doing on their own. Yes. That's called entrapment. Exactly. Okay. Patriot Galley's bringing Mom's me. coming down with her. I don't know where beautiful my clay horse, pot is. Wild horses. Did you guys move my clay pot? Um, it's around here. It's on okay. that table. It's on that table. All right. So this link here, Michelle, um, just, yeah, that's good. Thank you. Um, this is the link. <clears throat> J6realstory.com. Part one. From the Epoch Times. Yeah. So you can click on that. It looks like I already did, and it's asking me to do it again. I, do I have it up? Okay, here we go. So you want me to click on where? Um, you put in your email. Did you already use an email? Are you showing everybody your password? No. You're not I'm showing not screen. screen sharing okay. right now. Yeah, I did. Passwords there anyway. Okay. The right. biggest investigation so, in FBI history. I don't know if that's if that should be the link even before you. Well, I'll give them the link that I just the the one the name they have to enter in their own email address. Right. There we go. So let's play a little of this. This is now an hour and forty four minute documentary that you can watch for free. Now. More than eleven 1 hundred arrests. I sacrificed my dream job to share this information with the American people. Well, that says part, part two is oh. premiering. Part one airs now. They dragged her out, and it reminded me of deer hunting. You drag out a deer carcass. We need more he was completely out of control. He himself was committing crimes in the process. There's people from all over the nation, from every state. There has been a lot of fraud. He could stop this. At least one person over here is being injured and taken Capitol away. Capitol Hill. 
overtaken by Americans. The story of January 6 changes drastically depending on who's telling it. The House Select Committee on January 6 has deemed the incident an attack on the American system, comparable to the bombing of Pearl Harbor or even the terrorist attacks on 9-11. It's being investigated as a potential insurrection that could allegedly incriminate former President Donald Trump. And it's being used domestically to frame a new narrative on domestic extremism. Yet is this narrative really the case? Imagine if the American people actually saw just what happened to Roseanne Boylan and these officers who keep portraying themselves as heroes that day. He fires at her and strikes her in the left shoulder. It's a failure not only of training, but it's also a failure of bystandership and supervision. January 6th demands a full and impartial investigation, one free from foregone conclusions, hidden agendas, and naked hyperbole. The nation needs a serious examination of January 6th, one that includes the subjects too often ignored in media coverage and in political speech. With interviews, on-the-ground reporting, and exclusive footage, we'll now tell the real story of January 6th. Yeah, we're on the ellipse now. We'll meet you soon. Good stuff. Thank you. To begin this investigation, I sat down with Joe Hanneman, the lead reporter on January 6th at the Epic Times, to review our footage. January 6th started out as a protest, uh, a large gathering to hear President Trump speak about his concerns and his charges that there was widespread fraud of the presidential election. Uh, people came in very large numbers to the ellipse in Washington, D.C. to hear his speech. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. Stop the steal. His speech ran long, or his appearance went over time. And I think that caused some issues over at the Capitol because there were people gathered over there who were already in the process of breaching some of the security lines before the president had stopped speaking. So the people that were encouraged to go to the Capitol peacefully and made their voices heard were largely still over listening to the president when some of these uh, unusual things happened on the Capitol grounds. It really goes to the heart of other unusual happenings that day, the role of suspicious actors in various places around the Capitol, and all of which lead you to the conclusion that a deeper look is needed to really define that, what January 6th is, because we're still trying to define it. People are talking about violence on January 6th. How did the police factor into this? I mean, who was really instigating things? Which side? Well, there was plenty of police uh, provocation. The initial use of explosive munitions that day that started at about 1.25 in the afternoon, where the police launched explosives into the crowd, which was pretty much just milling there and standing. And these were very loud, deafening. And some of them had projectiles, uh, hard plastic pellets that rained down, and uh, some had tear gas in them. But when they landed in the middle, 
they caused injuries and they got a very angry response. That was a large crowd. From what I saw, there was quite a few older people in that crowd and they fired munitions even far to the back. People that wouldn't have known what was going on up front. So this created an atmosphere that I think percolated through the rest of the day. And they continued firing into this crowd for well over an hour using those, what I would call heavy munitions. So I don't know what their strategy was in using munitions, which uh, they had said they were not going to use the less than lethal force munitions and things like that on January 6th. Were the actions of the Capitol Police out of line? Were there violations in use of force? And what are the legalities of this? We spoke with Stan Keffard one of the nation's top experts on police use of force and one of the top-rated expert witnesses in court cases on crowd control. Keffard has 42 years of law enforcement experience, including as security director for the 1984 Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. He served as an officer, detective, undersheriff, and chief of police at jurisdictions in Arizona, California, and Missouri. He has testified more than 350 times in federal, state, and tribal courts. Supervisory failure. A frontline supervisor, a sergeant, or whoever's in control, a lieutenant, should have put those people in posted positions or in a skirmish line or in a defense posture, put them between the objective that they were protecting and the crowd. That wasn't being done. That was a shooting gallery up there. A congregation of officers, I didn't see a supervisor among them, who were using these munitions to inflict harm uh, and injury on people below them. It's egregious. Rubber bullets have the potential to put an eye out. Shooting down into a crowd at the head level, which is the first primary target that would be hit by those rubber bullets, runs the risk of having somebody's eye put out or having them permanently disfigured impact front on from ground level is designed to hit somebody in the chest or lower so that it will sting and put them in flight. That is the design and purpose of the tool. These are people who largely support law and order back the blue so they did not understand why they're being fired upon these were throughout the crowd so there was definitely a stirring the pot effect and and eventually it, it did come to a boil in certain areas oh, oh. Oh. the protester was climbing the wall he had seen somebody put a giant american flag up on the scaffolding for inauguration and he wanted to put his trump flag up he scaled the wall and when he got up there he didn't have a chance to put the flag up. A couple officers took swipes at him over the rail and missed him, but then he actually got into a standing position and a motorcycle police officer from Capitol Police came up with a pretty good stride and shoved him. And he fell at least 20 feet and was seriously injured. That was witnessed by a lot of people. And then when they carried him out, a lot of the crowd saw the after effects of that and they were very upset. My analysis of a police officer pushing somebody off the wall is that that individual is committing a crime, a very serious crime, again, putting that person's life at risk. It is unconscionable for an officer to do such a thing. The officer is required to take that person off the wall, strip cuff them, take them into custody and arrest them. Hold tight, hold tight, we're getting remission. Hey, hey, we're coming.
what is happening here? Why is this officer behaving like this? And he, his behavior seems to be a lot different from the other officers. He stood out to us because of, uh, he, almost in a manic state, he was looking for more munitions. He had used his up, and so he was going to fellow officers and grabbing their munitions, whether it was a taser cartridge or it was uh, one of the grenades that they use with the, the hard plastic pellets. Hey! We need more munitions! We did not see that from other officers, where it was, and as soon as he got one, he'd pull the pin and he would lob it into the crowd, and you'd hear it explode. He was completely out of control. A supervisor should have stopped him, got him out of that area, and he himself was committing crimes in the process. Three ACD deployments, I got another taser. If you tase somebody, you're obligated to cuff them, now that you've neutralized them, arrest them, and that's not what he was doing. He was using those devices to punish people, not to arrest them, and that is unconscionable. Hey, Rich. It's a failure not only of training, but it's also a failure of bystandership and supervision. An officer who is placed at risk of being injured or killed because of the action of another officer who precipitated a circumstance that began to be dangerous because he wanted to arrest the person, uh, has a stake in that and would go to the officer and say, I'm going to report you to the sergeant. I don't appreciate that. You put us at risk because of what you were doing. I'm upset with you. But munitions come basically in two types. There are burning grenades and there are blast dispersion grenades. This appears to be blast dispersion, which caught fire. And if you fire them at an individual rather than hitting the ground close to them, you run the risk of incurring injury to that individual that you're trying to A, disperse, or B, immobilize so you can arrest. If you do, that explosion at a face level could blind a person, it could deafen them for life, it could do both. And that was what was depicted here in this film script. There is no tactical reason at all. This is something that is, you're showing intent by shooting at that level. It was also evident to me that the crowd was angry. The one-finger salute that was being given by that activist was a clear indication that they were mad. So what you've done is you've constructively created a problem that you started out to disperse or arrest people with. You have uh, contradicted what your mission was in the first instance, which was to disperse that crowd, get them back, because the chemical munitions were having effect on them uh, and not to uh, do something that is, um, in my mind, sadistic and um, wrong, just wrong. Do we know anything about this incident where the bomb goes off in the crowd that this officer threw? Well, I'm not sure that particular grenade, uh, if we know what the result was, but others, they fell in amidst two gentlemen who fairly shortly after had cardiac events. One, I believe, was a stroke, the other was a heart attack. That loud of a retort in, I don't certainly can't say that that medically triggered it, but a stimulus like that, anybody that's got a bad heart, those fellows both dropped pretty quickly, and they were carried out, and both of them eventually died. 
you may have a person who has a condition that could evoke a reaction on their part that would be detrimental to their health. I'm not going to say that that's what happened here. I'm not a medical expert. I don't know. But I think it more probable than not that this precipitated what happened. The closer the density of the crowd, the more problematic the use of these tools is in terms of a number of things. There have been panic reactions on compacted crowds resulted in trampling deaths and injuries uh, that occur. It's designed to get people to disperse, but in doing it with a compacted crowd, there isn't really that much maneuverability to disperse. And so it is a consideration that the commander uh, should review before using this type of grenade. And if he determines that that is a danger because of the compacted nature of the crowd, a burning uh, dispersion grenade would be a better tool because the gas is coming. It's not an explosion that causes the micro-pulverized uh, particles to be embedded in people. One of them may have been struck by a projectile. Uh, a witness did report that was struck in the side of the head, but they were in very close proximity, so they would have certainly felt the concussion. They may have even felt the heat uh, and certainly uh, any of the gas that came off of it. To protect people uh, who, you know, are, uh, are guilty of a crime. Everyone's seen the video, I think, where Ashley Babbitt was shot, but what's not paid attention to is how she got through this window and exactly what happened and there are these really suspicious individuals. What is suspicious about these individuals in the scene? Well, the number of them, to begin with, uh, Ashley Babbitt, when she made her way up to the window, she was surrounded by people who fit that definition. In her immediate vicinity surrounding her, there were probably three or four. Three or four suspicious actors and 20 suspicious actors total yes. in that room, in that area. And one of them, who was an instigator, Zachary Alam, he was the one bashing the window with, with a black helmet, and he knocked out several window panes. And Ashley Babbitt kind of had a running spar with him. She was screaming at him to stop. She stepped forward, and she punched him in the face. Ashley Babbitt tried to stop this individual then, you're saying? She did. She got after the police officers who were there. Why aren't you stopping this? You know? And, you know, she's been portrayed as a, as a rioter, as a seditionist, uh, but it's very clear in the video and the audio that she was uh, very upset and trying to stop what was happening because they were bashing in the glass and the doors that lead to the uh, speaker's lobby and right onto the house floor. And then when she, I mean, her husband is totally convinced that when she does the, the punch to Zachary Alam, she had decided that she needed to escape from that hallway. That it had gotten scary, the conditions. The SWAT team was coming up the stairs and she was afraid of crowded places. That, so she decided, I have to get out of here. When she climbed up in the window, there were two suspicious actors, one on either side of her. We don't have a clear enough video angle to see if either one of them pushed her up into the window or helped her into the window, uh, but they were in that position on either side of her. And then when she was shot and fell back, again, these same several suspicious actors were right around her when she fell and was laying there. So it raises all sorts of questions. Did they, what role did they have? How did they all get there at the same time along with all these other people? And another suspicious point with all this is one of the individuals who breaks this glass is, is communicating with another one. We can watch them in the video. And then as the SWAT team is moving up the stairs, this individual goes back down the stairs and looks like he's changing his clothes. 
Zachary Alam did that when he saw Ashley had been shot. He realized it. Uh, you can see on the video, he physically responds. He almost jumps back. The look of horror. He was genuinely like terrified. It, it certainly, certainly seemed to be, even though he had created the conditions that led to that uh, by by the violence with the helmet and the, the smashed glass. And he did uh, he did go down the stairs and did not come back up. But there were a number of people on the stairs that we haven't been able to identify and also haven't been charged and who are familiar enough with the police to, to go up to them and say things or pat them on the back. Who they are, we, you know, we still haven't uh, figured out. But for that many unidentified people to be in a space where there was a fatality like that, uh, you know, it, it, no it goes to our longer Ten list of, of burning questions. News outlets have tried framing Ashley Babbitt as having not been a peaceful protester and House Democrats have painted her killer as a hero. Yet video evidence tells a very different story of her and of her death. Who was Ashley Babbitt? We met with her husband, Aaron Babbitt, in San Diego to learn more. The front of the police line, because people were appeared to be trying to protect her, and one of the officers who was just new up to the front of the line, she had just come up, she attacked one of the protesters, or she struck him, I shouldn't, uh, in the arm and struck him again and missed. And then, inexplicably, she turned her physical assault on Roseanne Boylan, who was, had been unconscious for some time. In analyzing the film, I saw a police officer from D.C. Metro with a stick, that was a walking stick, strike a downed Roseanne Boyland three times. I was horrified, twice in the head and once in the chest. We don't train officers to hit people in the head with a blunt object. It's to be avoided. We teach other targets, arms, legs, things like that. Moreover, we don't teach officers are not trained to strike a downed person. My conclusion in reviewing the officer's behavior was that they were untrained, they were not properly equipped, they were not properly commanded and supervised, and that they did a reactive, fear-struck or anger-struck tactics where they punished people rather than arresting or dispersing them. It is definitely a crime that was committed by Officer Morris when she struck a down person. What she should have done is again handcuffed the individual and rendered first aid. Yes, it's assault under color of authority with intent to do great bodily harm. She was seriously attempting to injure Roseanne Boylan by striking her when she was in a down position and unconscious. The officer tried to continue, but she was uh, swinging so hard the stick flew out of her hand, so she had lost her weapon. And then a colleague of hers behind her pulled her back into the Capitol itself. And the entreaties for Roseanne continued. A gentleman stepped up, was holding a medical crutch, an aluminum crutch, to basically block police. He started out his role in this by asking people to pray. And you can see this on video. He turns around and is shouting at people to stop and pray because he thought people were dying. And indeed, that's what turned out to be the case. In a short while after that, he is at the front line. This crutch just flies in from off camera, lands at his feet. So he ended up picking that up. He said, I'd try to make myself as big as possible to be a barrier between the police and the crowd. And as he did this, some of the bystanders pulled Roseanne 
down the steps and started CPR. I mean, he's charged with, uh, with multiple uh, counts, but in the media and even in his own fam extended family, uh, he got pretty widespread condemnation. You know, he was labeled as, as a, an insurrectionist uh, in that he was assaulting the police. You can look at that video and you can draw other conclusions, but his input was key. He was widely condemned. Short time after, Luke Coffey held the crutch up and the bystanders tried doing CPR. They picked her up and set her down right in front of the police. You watch the video and it almost seemed to be like, here is a person in need of help, helper. And uh, eventually an officer did step forward and grabbed her by the foot, but they, they dragged her out. And it reminded me of deer hunting. You drag out a, a deer carcass and you know her arms went up over her head. She lost a good bit of her clothing in this process. Uh, but they pulled her into the Capitol. Then she did receive emergency care, and I think heroic care. The officers that were inside didn't hesitate. Unfortunately, we're pretty sure she was deceased by that time, but that did give that family great comfort to see that not all the officers were indifferent to what was going on with her. Imagine if the American people actually saw just what happened to Roseanne Boylan and these officers who keep portraying themselves as heroes that day, when they were the villains, and I've said this over and over, the people who acted most violently on January 6th were Capitol and DC Metro Police. People don't want to hear that. I think that's why you have so many men who are at the mouth of that tunnel trying to protect her and others who are on the ground, others who are being beaten by police officers. That's why you have so many of those men under pretrial detention orders trying to torture them into plea deals because they don't want trials and they don't want the evidence of what happened in that tunnel to come out at trial. And so I think that's why you've got at least six or seven men who were there who were also, who were pitting police officers. I mean, I'm not, that is a fact. But when you see law enforcement, when you see thugs, disguised as police officers, you're not, you can defend yourself and others around you. And the fact that even the video that most of the public and certainly the media has seen, that they have not questioned why those police officers did not stop what they were doing, clear an area and attempt to resuscitate her, help her, or get her out of that crowd, um, that they dragged her back through the tunnel. Uh, and I've heard descriptions of what she looked like being dragged through that tunnel. Again, that's why they don't want the surveillance video released, right? I mean, we have thousands of hours of it. The DC medical examiner ruled it was accidental and ascribed it to amphetamine intoxication. She had had a prescription for Adderall for ADHD, which she had been on for probably 10 years. It was a drug she was certainly used to, and there was no indication she had any distress up until the point she fell. But that was his finding. And the, the family, the Boylan family, immediately uh, felt they needed to challenge that. And they did hire their own pathologist to review the autopsy. And that person came to, came to a different conclusion and said that uh, amphetamine intoxication was clearly not the reason for her death. And seemed to acknowledge that the circumstances she was in with the crowd and being crushed and this violence going on around her and uh, and pepper gel just dripping from on high, uh, and she's probably inhaling some of this stuff, that those could have been very easily aggravating factors. 
Video footage of protesters fighting with police at the doors of the Capitol building have been among the more common scenes used by media outlets, trying to paint the protesters as violent. Yet the full context of that scene is often left out. When the video evidence is shown in its full context, it's clear the crowd is trying to rescue Roseanne Boyland as police beat her unconscious body. To get the deeper context of the crowd and what took place, we met with Luke Coffey, the man who pushed the police back using a crutch, which then allowed other protesters to pull Roseanne from the tunnel. I was walking back to the hotel and I was approached by three different men, kind of younger guys that were running away from the Capitol and were basically telling uh, people that we need patriots at the Capitol. There are people dying inside. We need patriots. But it was, I thought it was strange because they were running away from the Capitol and we were still at least a mile probably away. I was prodded at that point by the Lord really to, to I wanted to go up there to the front and try to stop the chaos and confusion and, and whatever was going on. I didn't know, I didn't know anything at this point. So initially when they, approached me it was it was uh I, I felt it would just it stood out as a very strange occurrence that they were um trying to get people to go up there and why were they running away from it it was it was bizarre really and i had a a friend that is uh i would consider a conspiracy theorist by nature and he warned me that there could be a false flag incident that day, be very careful. And it, that's immediately what I thought, that these gentlemen were trying to escalate pro provocateurs that were working to get people up there. I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, go up and to the front and pray. And it was very clear voice. I think there are three voices in our head, our own, the Holy Spirit, if you know Jesus, and demonic spirits that can influence you. I know it was not my own voice, and it was the Lord that very much told me, and I felt it was a prodding in my heart to go up there, regardless of the risk, and just pray and, and pray for peace. As I was walking up there, it did. I felt like there were saints, you know, that were making eye contact, going out of their way to make eye contact with me. And this is a crowd of 20 to 30,000 people. But it was certain people that were just still and peaceful and just making, they'd give me a little nod or just make eye contact with me. And you know, the eyes are the window of the soul and it was something incredible that really has stood out um, to me and I haven't told a lot of people. It was an overcast day for the most part, but the clouds opened up and I did see these strips of paper coming down. They were verses that were encouraged me to continue on and I don't think other people saw them, and I know I wasn't hallucinating, um, but it was prodding me to continue on. And uh, and again, people can think I'm nuts, but until you experience these things, uh, you, you may be a doubter. So when I saw the, the verses coming down, it only solidified what God had told me to go up there. There were at one point, several points, at several points they were, the crowd was out there singing Amazing Grace. It was a picturesque experience that was, I felt like God gave me a glimpse of uh, heaven in this chaos and confusion that was going around was this beautiful, peaceful thing happening, which uh, which I, I know was a gift and, 
and uh, it was truly incredible. And and that's what led me to, to go up to the uh, West Side Terrace. When I went up there, they started deploying the tear gas. People started falling backwards on top of each other and were trying to get away because they couldn't breathe from the tear gas. I saw multiple women that I tried to help that were on the bottom of three to four people piled deep and I was, with no success, was able to pull them out. So at that point, I went to the crowd and was saying, we gotta stop this, we gotta pray. Roseanne was one of the people I saw up at the top of the steps that I was trying to help out, along with several other women that were underneath and people were screaming out that they couldn't breathe. And it was very traumatic. The gas made everybody freak out and, and caused more chaos. And uh, so everyone had fallen on top of each other. And so I went up to the front telling them, everyone stop and pray, because I really believe people were gonna die. I thought people were gonna perish underneath that, that crowd because it was just jam packed. People crying out maybe for their last breaths. At that point is where I did hear the voice of the Lord say, Luke, go stand in the gap. And, uh, and at the same, around the same time, these three other guys were talking about that we need to do something so this doesn't happen again. So this, so to deescalate it, to, to prevent it from happening again. These couple of these guys were like, I, I don't want to risk going up there. And I you know, one said, I got my family to think of. And I said, I'm single, I'll go up there. And, and, uh, so I, tried to walk as peacefully and slowly as I could um, and go right up to the line of, of police and I didn't know how many there were. I did see that they were swinging and it was violent and there were people on both sides swinging. And so I said, stop immediately. Stop guys, we're all Americans, stop. I was immediately sprayed with pepper spray directly to my face and was being hit as well. So I couldn't see well, obviously, but I looked down and happened to see a crutch that I guess had just flown up there and landed at my feet. And so I was prompted to pick it up and put it over my head. The most peaceful thing I could do is make myself big and try to make a wall between both parties. I don't know if it's audible in the recordings, but I said, in, in the name of Jesus, Lord, please stop this. And then I turned around and said it to the crowd, stop, everyone stop. And then I was hit in the back, which prompted me to turn around and put the crutch in a defensive manner uh, in front of me. It was a fighter, I can say it was a fight or flight response to being a, uh, attacked in, and, you know, the crutch was never meant to be used in, in any other way than to defend myself or peace, to peacefully make a stand and then to defend myself. There was a reason and it wasn't a coincidence. And I do, I, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe they're, they're fingerprints on our lives, evidence of God's greater plan. And so I wasn't that surprised that that's why did where Roseanne was um, try to stop it and I, I just wish more could have been done to save her life one of the biggest crossroad moments of my life was first experiencing getting hit by a car with the love of my life over my shoulder and uh, her perishing that evening what I learned from that experience is that God is the author of our lives he is the great um, director he is uh, he is in control, he's sovereign, he's providential. And God used what was the my worst nightmare to show to really show up and and in my life. And so it was the that was the 
hard, it's, it's weird to say, but it was the greatest moment and the worst moment of my life wow. when I lost her. So when for, to have another woman in my proximity um, is very, I don't know what, what to say about it. The FBI reached out and I immediately called them back and told them the story just like I've told you. Told them that I did have contact with the police, and, but I was very much trying to break it up. And, and even he said, Mr. Coffee, it looks like you were trying to de-escalate things. He said, you're not a suspect at this point. And for about 14 or 15 days, I was told I was not a suspect. Initially, he said, if, if they charge you anything, it will be a misdemeanor, disorderly conduct. But he said, they may not charge you at all. You know, it says you were, it looks, it looks like you were trying to de-escalate things. Or, <clears throat> so, you know, 10 or 12 days later, he said, Mr. Coffey's not looking good for you. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, well, we've seen some new evidence and uh, we're gonna need you to uh, come in and talk to us. And I said, well, let me, let my lawyer talk to you. Didn't have a lawyer at the time, but I quickly got one and uh, hired one and, and uh, who negotiated what became me turning myself in to the FBI in Dallas. I spent 45 days in a prison down here in Texas, Limestone County. I've had two plea deals come in, one of which was four to five years, pleading guilty to a felony assault with a deadly weapon, the crutch being the deadly weapon. When I met with my lawyers most recently, I was able to go to Midland, Texas, where they are for several days, and they had a potential plea deal that was similar to another defendant that was eight to 14 months, but still pleading guilty to a felony assault with a deadly weapon. I just know I feel called to fight for truth, not for just myself, but for other J6ers. The only thing they can do is kill me or put me back in prison, and I'm not scared either way. So I'm ready to do whatever God calls me and whatever he wills it for my life. It's my absolute full intention to go to trial. Well, let's just take a moment and pray. Uh, Lord God, uh, this was uh, the most atrocious moment um, in my memory uh, in Amer on American soil where um, you can see that the those who are entrusted with the governmental power designed to harm an entire movement, political mm. movement, and half of all Americans who voted in a man that they believed would stop those who were doing this, or who set this up. Lord God, we're just going to pray uh, in the spirit uh, because this man was a spirit-filled man. We're going to pray for him in the spirit right now because he needs things to be done spiritually. Father God, I just ask you that you move angels on this man's behalf. Uh, what was his first name? It's coffee? Luke. Luke. Father God, I just looked at Luke here. And I just pray that you move mountains on his behalf, that you use him in a powerful way. Um, I pray that he is justified and vindicated uh, in front of everyone. I pray that you expose those who set this up. And Lord God, that is what needs to be done here. These exposés are great, but in the spirit realm, we need these to be. We need the truth to be exposed in the spirit realm, so that those uh, actors who had done this in the in the spirit realm 
This was done in a in a these were this was done this was demonically set up, demonically instigated. And I will tell you that those who did fight were demonically instigated. You see, there were demonic instigators. And if you were demonically instigated on January 6th, you need to break the covenant with the demonic demons that told you to go into the Capitol. You need to break the demonic influence that told you to fight. I rebuke it right now in Jesus name. All of you were drawn in by a demonic force. This man, Luke was drawn in by a heavenly force to stop it. And what he could see was a spiritual plane. When the Holy Spirit was dropping verses in his lap, there was a moment where he was standing in the gap for those who were being drawn in by a spiritual force. And there was a spiritual powwow done and to uh, to draw in these Trump supporters. And it was those Trump supporters who are weak-minded and weak-souled who were drawn in to the Capitol. And they were they were drawn in by demonic demons. Listen, they were listening to these demons saying, "Go in." And so right now, break the covenant and your and your and your and your opening of your heart to any demons. Close any doors to pornography, to sin, to lust, to perversion. And what I want everybody to do right now, if you are watching and if you are listening is to ask the Holy Spirit to make his voice clear so that in if in the future, whatever comes your way, you will be able to differentiate between the voice of the demons and the voice of the Holy Spirit. You see that man in Luke is right. There are only three voices. There That's is right. God, you, and the devil. Right. Do not listen to yourself. That's Do right. not listen Come to on. the devil. Amen. There is only one voice that we need to be listening to, but you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues so that you can have a discerning of spirits. Otherwise, you will be led astray by demonic voices. It is not a matter of if, but a matter of when. Because there is a strong movement in the spirit realm. And you need to know that these demons can mock and mimic mimic the thoughts in your mind and how you think and how you talk to yourself. They are pulling, they, they, have, they have marked you. Many of you are marked by heaven, but many of you were marked on that day, January 6th, for demonic activity. The demons and the FBI and these demons were following you around because you have open doors and because you have been going into these spiritual places and you have not equipped yourself with the spiritual armor to be doing the governance that you want to do. You see, if you want to change and you want to uh, eradicate or eliminate the swamp and the rats, the swamp creatures, you are going to be going into the enemy's territory. There is no other way around it. You are going to be going into a nest of demons and think of yourself about going into a nest of rats or a nest of snakes. Are you going to go? These are poisonous snakes and they will bite you. But let me under, let you need to understand something. You see, in Mark 16, the Lord says that if you tr- you may trample on snakes, and if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. You see, Paul and his and his uh, fellow prisoners and fellow uh, and these soldiers on the ship they had they were caught in a storm, and the and the ship broke up. And Paul convinced the Roman soldiers to allow the prisoners to go free and to swim to shore. It was the Isle of Crete. And at that time they were received well. And they built the, and the, and the Cretans built a fire. And as Paul reached his hand to stoke the fire, a, an asp bit his hand. This asp was poisoned. 
poisonous and should have killed him on the spot. But he did not die. And they thought he was a god. And he said, I am not a god, but my god's blood lives inside of me. And he protects me from things like this. You see that the, the, when we, tra- when the, the, the word there, trample on snakes and scorpions, those are governmental powers. And if you can trample on governmental powers, but you have to know that they will bite and they are poisonous. And the only way to combat the viper's bite is by having the blood of Jesus flowing through your spiritual veins. If you do not have the blood of Jesus fully flowing through every aspect of your mind and your will and emotions, when that ass bites you, when the government comes after you, they will sting and they will take you out. And that is what is happening. There is one young man who actually killed himself because the demons got a hold of his mind. Do you understand when you say they killed him in the prison? Suicide is demonic at its core. It is solely demonic. Washington, D.C. did not kill that man. Nancy Pelosi did not kill that man. The Capitol Police didn't kill that man. Demons killed that man. Did Nancy Pelosi facilitate the demonic in that man's life? Absolutely. Because most people are, are called to, to, to live their lives and farm and take care of their families and they are not called to go take on demons. But about a half a million people were called to Washington, D.C. because they wanted to make things right in the second heavens where governance is decided. But if those who did not have on the full armor of God were drawn in like bees to honey and they were drawn into the capital, many of them good, honest, just citizens led astray. Father God, I ask you for justice to be done. I ask you for those who made mistakes that they will turn and repent. I ask for those who were led in and entrapped to be given mercy. I ask for those police officers who use brutal blunt force to turn and repent and turn themselves in. Amen. I ask, Father God, for whistleblowers to start whistling. I ask, Father God, for a move of God to happen on every single person who is involved in this entrapment. And I ask that they start singing. I ask for a move that comes from behind them. As they pressed in, Holy Spirit, I ask you to press on them. I ask you, Father God, that you would entrap them. And I ask, Father God, that you would make them tell the truth. Amen. And I thank you, Father God, that Nancy Pelosi is going to have to tell the truth. Nancy Pelosi, speak the truth in the name of Jesus and admit what you have done. Amen. The Capitol Police, the Capitol Police officers, tell the truth of what you've done. Admit to all the things. Lay it out. Lay it bare. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, the whole of the deep state and the swamp. Father God, as we go in, we go in, we ask you, Father God, to protect us and keep us safe as we go into these second heavens and we demand righteousness and justice to be done in the name of Jesus Christ. Not for those protesters, but for the name of Christianity. For you to erect the cross once again, for this nation to bow their knees to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords, where liberty and justice will be found again. You see, that Lady Liberty that sits on the harbor of New York is a reminder that liberty was paid for by blood. 
But do you know that true liberty is paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ? And so as we call upon liberty and the liberty man and the liberty woman and the liberty son and daughter and mother and father and grandfather and grandmother and aunts and uncles and all of us connected as one in one mind and in one voice, everyone on the right, everyone on the left, everyone in the middle, we cry on Holy Spirit to say, may justice be done. And as God, Jesus, as you put down your staff and I see a light shining and the Lord God Almighty coming in and saying, and enlighten our minds and every single American to the truth. No matter what we have seen, no matter what we have heard, we ask that every single person caught up in this will receive justice and true mercy that comes from the cross, that there will be repentance and there will be forgiveness and there will be families rejoined and names cleared in Jesus' name. And this will no longer be a dark spot and a day gone down in infamy, but it will be a day where we learn that our nation was on the brink of a mighty revival of men and women because yes. the numbers that we do not tell are January 4 and 5 when there were revivals happening, yes, where people were coming to the Holy Spirit, where we were seeing worship and praise and Eric Metaxas and, and uh, Jean, John Freud and, or what it is, Sean Freud. And I just thank you, Father God, for the anointing flowing. And Abby Johnson, they're Christians that were moving. And, and, and I thank you, Father God, that there will be a move. And I'm just praying for Tucker Carlson right now. There is a Tucker Carlson. The Lord is calling upon you to do more and to dig deeper and to seek the truth, to not lay aside that which you were taken up to call. You were called by God to carry this story. And you chose not to go all the way. And so it was taken from you and given to somebody else who would tell the story. But the Lord is not done with you yet. You must turn. You must repent. And the Lord asks you, Tucker Carlson, will you call upon my name? Will you follow me? Will you put aside everything that you think that you know? And will you go deeper into the Holy Spirit and find out truth? You will be wrecked emotionally when you find out the truth of who you are, who you have been, and what this nation has been up to for all these years. You are a true seeker, and the Lord says, I've called you to seek the truth and to tell this story. story. January 6th is not over, Tucker, and you must complete your task. You must complete your task, Tucker. This is why you were put here. There is an anointing on you, Tucker Carlson, for you were put into this position like Esther for such a time as this. Tucker, you are in position, and you are in possession of information that you don't know how powerful it is yet. I'm getting ready to download inside of you the whole narrative of what went down on January 6th. And there is only one person on this planet who can truthfully and rightfully expose them for what they have done. And it is you. And I've called you to do it. Father God, I ask you that you expose the darkness in a mighty and a powerful way. I ask that your spirit will reign supreme over this land. I thank you, Father God, for the last of this story as we go into this story. We are not going to be a nation that allows for Baphomet to be set up in any state capital. I thank you, Father God, for this man, this military man that we are going to talk about in a moment that beheaded this, this monstrous d display of satanic strongholds in this nation. We are not going to be a nation that kowtows or placates to Satanists or those who will mock a religion, who will mock Christianity. You do not get to set up any true religious artifact or display to mock those during their most sacred time. 
Imagine if you were putting up a face of Hitler, worshiping Hitler on Hanukkah. That is what Baphomet represents. Baphomet represents all evil and all uh, child mutilation and abortion and murder. And you know it. And my nation, one nation under God, indivisible. If you cannot do something in this nation that goes along with the Declaration of Independence, then it shall not be put up in any state capital in our nation. For yes, we have a separation of religion and government and religion and politics but we do not have a separation of religion and government and you see the government of Iowa is going to bow down to one king only and that is King Jesus and as our founding's founder Bible explains to us we are one nation under God we are a Christian nation and you may not do anything that mocks Christianity that mocks believers on state ground that is what you may not do and every state from California to Hawaii to Florida to Maine you have the religious freedom to worship God in any way that you so choose and you have the right to not worship him if you so choose but you do not have a right to set up a satanic image in any state capital and our founding fathers will be rolling over the grave for those who are kowtowing and placating in the name of free speech to something that our founding fathers would never, never have agreed to. And that is not what they meant our, 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 our freedom of speech for. And so just as the Supreme Court, their main duty is to decide laws based upon original intent. They are not to make laws, but they are to decide whether something is, accord, is constitutional according to the original intent of our founding fathers. And no, our founding fathers did not mean to set up satanic symbols in state capitals. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus covering our nation in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, final story. Thank you, Jesus, for reminding me. Okay, there was a very odd-looking, crazy Baphomet symbol set up in the Iowa State Capitol. I think Michelle has a picture of that. I'm trying to find the right tweet. Uh, I don't think I have the picture, but I think I just sent it to you. Oh, okay. Um, it's very, very, very tiny. I only find it bigger. You sent me very small files today. I don't know why they were small. All right, so... Christian former military officer beheads satanic statue at Iowa State Capitol. Michael Cassidy, a Christian and former military officer, beheaded the satanic temple statue erected at the Iowa State Capitol. The report said Michael Cassidy first pushed the Baphomet statue over before he decapitated it. The statue has been erected at the Iowa State Capitol after the satanic temple received permission. The decapitated head was then thrown in the trash. Cassidy told the Sentinel that he destroyed the statue to awaken Christians to the anti-Christian acts promoted by our government. The world may tell Christians to submissively accept the legitimation of Satan, but none of the founders would have considered government sanction of satanic altars inside Capitol buildings as protected by the First Amendment. 
Anti-Christian values have steadily been mainstreamed more and more in recent decades, and Christians have largely acted like the proverbial frog in the boiling pot of water. Police arrested Cassidy after he turned himself into officers present in the building. The Satanic Temple of Iowa reported plans to press charges of fourth-degree criminal mischief. I saw this blasphemous statue and I was outraged. My conscience is held captive to the word of God, not to bureaucratic decree, and so I acted. The display erected under the guise of religious freedom sparked significant outrage in the state with one Iowa lawmaker demanding that Republican Governor Kim Reynolds remove it at once. I am calling on our governor to have this blasphemous display removed immediately based on the grounds that it is unconstitutional and offends God on whom the state of Iowa depends the blessings of Brad Sherman, Republican from Williamsburg. I'm calling for clarifying legislation to be adopted in accordance with our state constitution that prohibits the satanic displays in our Capitol building and on all state-owned property. I'm calling for legislation to be adopted that makes it legal to display the Ten Commandments in our Capitol and all buildings owned by the state and in our public schools. The display was permitted for just two weeks. The Satanic Temple bills itself as a non-theistic organization dedicated to reason that uses, that uses satanic imagery while denying the existence of Satan. The mission of the Satanic Temple is to encourage benevolence and empathy among all people, reject tyrannical authority, advocate practical common sense, oppose injustice, and undertake noble pursuits. What a lie. The Satanic Temple previously cited the Religious Freedom Restoration Act to overturn a set of pro-life laws in Missouri, but the Supreme Court denied to hear it. These people just want to mock and destroy. The First Amendment has the, the First Amendment, you have a right to freedom of religion, they are of their own own admission non-religious. Exactly. That's if you I'm are non-religious and you are an atheist, then you do not get to set up any sort of, if you have a deeply held religious belief and you are not, you are mocking something and it is satanic and you know it's satanic and you know you do worship Satan and you are going to hell <laughs> and you need to repent. And you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior because your soul is on the line. This is hellish and it's demonic and you know that it is and you're lying through your teeth and I'm calling you out, Satan. Oh my. Well, when you call yourself a Satanist, I mean, I'm going to call you a Satanist because you are one. Because guess what? The devil's a liar. So you don't get to go around saying I'm a pretend Satanist, you Satanist liar. <laughs> because everyone knows that Satan lies. Nana Yaffa, Lord, redeem the deceived. Open their eyes to see, their ears to hear, and their hearts to understand. In Jesus' name, we ask for mercy for the innocent and justice for the wicked in every situation. And conservatives have raised $20,000 in two hours for a defense fund for the Christian vet who beheaded the satanic statue at the Iowa State Capitol. Hero. It looks like the right is figuring something important out. In just a couple of hours, Michael Cassidy, uh, let's see. I don't know if I would have done kids saying go. $48,000. $48,000. He, he knew he was going to need some legal funds. Truly humbled by y'all's support. We raised $20,000. We were looking for just in a couple hours. I directed the campaign to be paused. We have enough for now. Oh, wow. <laughs> Big names in the conservative spirit quickly jumped in to fund Cassidy's defense. Um, Matt Wall says, I just chipped in $1,000. Donate here to help this Christian warrior. Charlie Kirk, Michael Cassidy just beheaded a monument. To Satan inside the Iowa State Capitol building, Turning Point USA is proud to pledge $10,000 to his legal defense fund. That's awesome. Ron DeSantis. Satan has no place in our society and should not be recognized as a religion by the federal government. I'll chip in to contribute to this veteran's legal defense fund. Good prevails over evil. That's the American spirit. Kim Reynolds, Iowa's governor, has not yet said she would pardon Cassidy. So, there oh you Oh, my have. gosh.
All right, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So do we do the drawing first or did you want to open up Vicky's package first? Hmm. Let's do the drawing. Okay. Patriot Gallery, do I have any more names? Maybe we want to open the package while we're waiting, just in case Patriot Gallery has any more names to Okay, down. so we ordered I just kinda wanted to show you guys what some of the stuff that we got. We made a Christmas order for um our family mm -hmm. to be able to uh Give some stuff, stuff from Vicky Natale's. Now, family and friends, I should say, but yep. friends that are like family. This is really important because we have some girlfriends who, you know, they're really gonna appreciate some of these things, I think. Do you want this? Yeah. I don't I scissors would be better, but I don't have scissors. All Here, right. I'll start on the box while you're doing that. What I love about um, Vicky's stuff is that it's usually it it like she'll send it with um Okay. If it needs it, a uh, like a package of, to keep it cool. Yeah, that's true. Depending on what you've ordered. Okay, so this is there for is. Michelle and Leah. Uh, that's Michelle and Leah's Christmas right there. The flawless face because serum. Because we have needed Because I haven't had the wrinkle remover. That's what I'm calling it. The wrinkle magic wand. We're out for so in like long. three weeks. The flawless face serum. I'm telling you guys, ladies, come on now. You men, maybe you men don't want to look so wrinkly. And though it's not just for wrinkles, though, it's for a lot of different things. Like if you have scars and stuff, mm -hmm. um, it's really, really helpful with that. So it's not just for wrinkles. Very all well right. packaged. Very show them though. Show them like it how it all comes all packaged and stuff. And it comes with. Um, Frequently asked questions. A product guide. Thank you for your purchase. Skincare. CBD. Bam. She's so professional. It is really, really professional. Like no legit. GMOs, cruelty free, no filler ingredients. Your skin will thank you for feeding it healthy skin food, high quality topical products that are 100% free of harsh chemicals, toxins, parabens, and GMOs. Yes. It, and she's USDA certified organic, and that's a really big deal. It is a big deal. What all did we order? What do you got over there? Oh, did you show them this? The Extreme Face Cream, which is like the greatest face cream on the planet. It's so awesome. Okay, the Silky Smooth Face Scrub. Somebody's getting that. I'm telling you. You got the sugar scrub? This is the, yeah, that's the sugar scrub. And then you got scrub. the sugar Oh, this is what we already had down here. Okay. All right. Oh my gosh, there's so much so stuff got, here. You don't have to show them everything. What? Because you probably got multiples. I did. Right. Because we're giving them away. away. We're giving them away. I don't even know how much money we spent, but it was worth it. The Mega Anti Antioxidant Face Mask. Yes. That's good stuff. It just it smells so nice. Uh oh, this one kind of spilt out a little bit. This is the um. This is the antioxidant face mask. Is it? Get Somebody's getting oh, okay, several of those. Okay. I got lip balms because these are the best lip balms in the world. So you got you got three sets of the face masks. Yep. Is that right? Mm -hmm. For giving away, and you got the three sets of the flawless face serum. And I got the organic away. lip balm, and I've got the intense therapeutic gel. Oh my gosh, you got four face masks. Did you mean to get four face masks? I don't know. I have to go back and see my list. Okay. What I was this getting is the for. face, the, the silky smooth face scrub, which is literally like, do you guys ever do the, um, satin hands with Mary Kay? Mm -hmm. It's like that, but for your face and it like sloughs off all the like junky stuff. 
Yeah. And it makes your face feel like butter. Like yep. A, like a that's butter. It. I think that's what I got. I got like so, three or four sets of everything. Silky face. And yeah. And she so got like four of each one. Then. I think so. Except for I'm missing a flawless face serum then. So you only got two of those. Hmm. Okay. That I thought I meant I got three. I thought I meant to get three of those. You have two? I've got two. I have two. So, so yeah, that's right. Is that right? Yep. Okay. All right. So this is our Christmas for our girlfriends. And they, it's, oddly enough, our friends don't watch our show. So it's okay that, because if they did watch our show, they would know who they are that's getting this. Mm -hmm. So it's a good thing that they don't watch our show. Yep. Okay, so Pedro Gallery, do we have any more names? I'm going to have to go ask her. She hasn't said anything in the chat. Um, if we have any more names or not. She may not even be paying attention. Patriot Gallery. Mom. All right, I'm going to have to go Check ask her. Check your battery. Yeah. Talk amongst yourselves. Talk amongst yourselves. Sing a Christmas song. Sing a Christmas song. You're supposed to sing all right, let's see here. I know I've got something else to share with you guys before I go. Let me see here. She's coming, Mom. She's coming. So I wanted to play this for you guys before we left. Just a reminder of why we do Christmas. I actually like Christmas. I love Christmas. Are you ready? Okay. You guys know what I'm going to do, huh? Here we go. Don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. What did you have? The glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Oh, that's ah, good. okay. Let's draw. Okay, so with that, we will do our drawing here. There's a lot of names in here, and we got everybody from this week that you sent your mm. things ahead of time. All right, Leah, who is it? Da 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 da. Oh wait. Oh my gosh, it's Chris. Chris in the chat right now. That is awesome. Chris379, we actually know who that is. So congratulations. <laughs> I'm sending you a Founder's Bible uh, that you can uh, give away because I think you already have one. So that's awesome. So congratulations to Chris in the chat. Um, super, super exciting. So if you guys are watching this back before Sunday, you can still enter in if you're like, you're not a live watcher. Like, I don't watch live. I want to enter. You can still enter. Send me your email, massfate 33 and just put for Sunday, the 17th drawing. And, um, and, and we will have you entered in for Sunday. It's our last Bible. So we gave away six. We're giving away six Bibles total 
for Christmas. So super awesome. Now, if you guys are really, really enjoying the Founders Bible giveaways, if you want to donate, we could keep going. We could just keep giving them away. We could give away a Founders Bible every show for like ever if somebody were to choose to donate a Bible every show. So um, that would be awesome. So, uh, all right. Patriot Gallery reminds me she's got a brand new blog out on um, Rumble, part one and part two. Happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas. Uh, and she's got a thread there for December 12th. Really, really good shows. We, Lee and I have been listening to them. Patriot Gallery shows are such a phenomenal variety show. You will be hooked. And you know what I love? I love when I get these messages. They're like, thank you and thank Leah and thank you PG for all the videos that you do. So I, so many of you guys are glued to the videos from Patriot Gallery as you should be because this top, top quality stuff, stuff that you really aren't going to get from us, but you really like. You're going to get the Bow Pony. You're going to get the Amanda Graces. You're going to get Christine Vallis. Um, you're going to get all that stuff. So maybe a little bit more Alex Jones. <laughs> from Patriot Gallery. So really, really, really good stuff from Patriot Gallery. This week we made a soup from Epoch Times, beef and barley soup. You can go and watch that video and get the recipe. I think I put it in the, the show from Wednesday night, I think, maybe. But uh, it turned out really, really well. Yeah, we're going to play a clip from hers um, on Sunday because she played the Crypt of the e Egypt Revival. She's got oh, a Lynette yeah. clip in there and her Hanukkah video. Um, there is a revival that has broken out in Egypt, which, interestingly enough, Sam, who's on our healing ministry team and one of our best friends, her son mm -hmm. prophesied. He's How old is, was it Johnny or Mason? Johnny. Uh, Johnny prophesied Egypt the other day in prayer, and he's like four. Mm-hmm. And he said, and he said Egypt, and it was Egypt. like, oh my gosh! And then we get this thing, and it's like, mm -hmm. oh, out of the mouth of babes, it's so encouraging. So mom listens to everybody, and she watches Alex Jones, and so you're going to see. Um, I'm not screen sharing it. Go ahead and and let me get it queued up. Let me see. And Owen's back in studio, so, so she's she got plays that. that. And so I want to play this mom playing Owen back in studio because he was in wrongfully imprisoned for, um, like thirty. Five forty days. Go ahead. I'm trying. It's not pushing. He read. Um, he read the whole Bible front to cover while he was in prison. Hey guys, we're probably just gonna say goodnight. Okay. Well, go check out Mom's <laughs> blog on Rumble because we're frozen, and you can pray for me. I did work all day on Thursday on switching us over to different softwares. I'm having an audio issue. I learned the software that Brighton uses. I'm very, very, very excited about it, but I'm having some issue with the audio. So. Um, just say a prayer that we can get the audio working and we will be back to not crashing in every show and not having our system software freeze up so that Michelle has to And our Revelation Red Pill, um, how to talk to your family and friends who believe in the end times. Yeah, uh, I think really that was good. a really big episode. I've got a lot of comments back from that. Um, so people are finding that that's been really helpful. So taking notes. This um, is probably the end of the show. Okay, bye. It's completely frozen. Bye. So... Love you. Love y'all. I'm going to have to crash the system. Crashing the system. I hate doing it. Okay. All right. Good night, guys. I don't even think I can play the end. Yeah, it's just totally frozen. Just pretend. Pretend that it... Bye. Sometimes if I do that, it brings it up, but it probably didn't. Bye again. No, Bye no. again. Bye again. Bye one more time. Bye again. Bye back. All right. We're going to do it.